done. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Infinite Ammo Syndicate podcast. I am your host, The Black Shadow, uh, joined by a panel of very highly distinguished guests for the next 90 minutes, two hours or so, uh, talking about our thoughts of the Resident Evil Infinite Darkness uh, Netflix series that was released a few weeks or so ago. Uh, we've got many distinguished colleagues, we've got uh, wonderful guests, we've got highly rated critical uh, thinkers, and some British people to fill the boot as well. Um, first off, I suppose we'll do some introductions. So I suppose I should start with my boss officially. So, um, Mr. Ren, if you want to say hi, it'd be appreciated. Hello, everyone. I am Renegade Operative, and I cannot wait to talk about the Infinite Darkness mini-episodes that we have cooking up here. I can't wait for it. All right. Uh, also along with us as well, we've got uh, Mr. Sir Brandel. Uh, hi, I'm Paragon Arbitov. Uh Yeah, I'm just Shut your fucking it. face. <laughs> <laughs> didn't take long, did it? Nope, it didn't. <laughs> uh, yeah. Thank you for having me. Uh, talking about Infinite Darkness, Acid Infinite Ammo. You know, ha ha. All right. All the jokes. I'm sure we'll have plenty of those in the next two hours or so. Uh, join us as well. Uh, we've got Mr. A.K. Austin. Hello, hello. It's good to be back again. Uh, also, as us, we've got uh, Miss Versa. Hi, Versa here. Can't wait to talk about Resident Evil. And we have ourselves a esteemed special guest, or so I am told, Mr. Silver Crystal. Hello, everybody. My name's Silver. I play a ridiculous amount of Resident Evil. Happy to be here. You're in the right place, then. You'll be fine. Right. So, it has been, what, about Three weeks or so, I think, since this game came. Since this game, since the series came out, about a month. <laughs> there or thereabouts. Uh, yeah, just about. All right. So, where's the best place to start? Is at the top. So, what are your initial impressions of the quality of Resident Evil: Infinite Darkness, and how do you feel, especially after the show wrapped up? Who wishes to start? I can start first. Um, honestly, I was quite impressed with the show. Um, I thought it was a movie at first, though, but then I, people correct me, it was a show. I'm like, okay, cool. Now, I will probably get into more about um, the length of this um, show, but uh, I wish you know, it was longer. But overall, I did like it. So it was pretty good. And the climax, I felt like it was a little rushed out, but it was serviceable, I guess. I mean, yeah, there's definitely right. tons of scope for, um, like, obviously, deals as we go along. Um, yeah. I mean, several of us did watch it uh, together, uh, as part of, obviously, yep. this group. We watched it live. Um, we shared several of our thoughts as we went. They varied significantly. <laughs> some bits were fine. Some bits probably weren't so good. Yeah, I watched it um, today, actually. You know, best two hours of my life. Has it aged well? Uh, I will say, yeah, you know, second viewing, uh, my opinion is still the same, you know. But I think I have a little bit more harsher opinion on episode four, but, you know, if we get there. Mm, definitely. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. I'll go next. Um, my initial impression on quality, honestly, I thought, like, the visual, like, design of the entire show was actually pretty interesting. And there's, like, some, like, photorealistic stuff, sort of like uh, what, uh... Resident Evil 7 had in some of its, like, beginning cutscenes. So I was, like, I was very impressed on this on a visual level. I really, I wanted to, like, enjoy throughout it, but the quality was 
up there with visuals. However, I when we get to the questions, I do have some like nitpicks that I've kind of developed over time, but uh, we'll get there. Yeah, I, I mean, I think I don't think anyone that I've spoken to about this has said that they think that it looked terrible at all. I think it's been pretty impressive on the visual front, apart from a few dodgy bits pieces here and there. Yeah. I would say. Honestly, it is say it is say that um, the show looked terrible, like animation wise. They're capping full on because honestly, this is probably <laughs> the most impressive thing Netflix put out for like three D stuff. There was a couple of points where we we commented when we watched it live. <clears throat> there was a couple of scenes that we one of us had to double check to make sure that it wasn't actually live action. Yeah, right. Uh, like I, the I, I, submarine. The submarine when Leon's running down that shot. Like um, I don't know how many millions of dollars was put into that section, but probably too many. <laughs> it was the lighting is what sold it. Yeah, that's a really well done shot. Yeah, that mm. crimson red lighting in the corridors that really sold it for me because I haven't seen like a CGI show do something like that or CGI movie. Uh, rather, I know there's beautiful movies like Advent Children and some of the other CGI movies, but I, I particularly like that shot that they did right there. So I think that was pretty good. Also, the rats getting electrocuted because that was a thing, too. I mean, pretty standard for our ether, I reckon. Yeah, you're, you're right <laughs> about that. BLW is dying in the worst ways. That's pretty normal. Yeah. Um, right. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think back. Uh, it's obviously when I watched it because, like, I think, like, having had a few weeks myself to think about it, um, I don't know. It depends, kind of, what you think that was trying to attempt. I think um, if you were hoping that this was going to like open up Resident Evil to a brand new audience and people who've never really touched the series before and this is an entry point for them to get interested in the series. It strikes me as maybe a bit disingenuous to suggest that that's been a success on that front, but I, I would probably say that for those that have already got investment into the series, I think it's a reasonably okay addition. Um, I think there was some some decisions that were made which i liked i think the fact it was on netflix seemed a good decision you know it's got all sorts of wacky stuff on it anyway loads of people use it i even got netflix just to watch this so that's gotta be say i might be the only person in the world who might actually bother to say that admittedly uh but it's a it's something i'm happy to to say um but there were some direction choices that i was a little disappointed in um i think that there was times when the plot's what I liked what it was trying to do was a bit all over the place and was going at 100 miles an hour. Um, and like it could have been more, it probably should have been more, but I don't think I'd sit here and say it was bad. I kind of feel the same as what um, you guys have said so far. Um, I feel as though it should have been a little bit longer so we could have had time to actually work with the plot and so that it wasn't either all over the place or, you know, rushed kind of near the end. Um, overall, I I mean, I enjoyed it. It's a Resident Evil show. I love Resident Evil, the games, all the movies, even though some are uh, less enticing than others. Um, so, like, like I'm going to say I enjoyed it, but there are, definite, uh, there are definite things that I wish could have been done better. <laughs> Again, um, kind of, kind of the end. Um, and again, like I wish, I wish it could have been a little bit longer. Um, I thought it was originally like six episodes for some reason. So when I got to episode four, I was like, "Wait, what?" Right. But um, yeah, it kind of just felt like, like I, I guess, like when we hit like the 
the climax or whatever, it just felt like it was kind of skimmed over and then it was the end. And that's that's how I that's my opinion on it. It was a bit of a weird blend between um like experiments and obviously going off the bat, you've had obviously the movies. This isn't their first entire foray into this thing, but obviously they've gone to the episodic format, which you know, they try to obviously you know to push and try and make things tie together. So it's all kind of self-contained but links. But obviously we'll get onto whether they should have maybe just made it a two-hour movie or however long. Um, I suppose it's further yeah. down the line. Uh Mr. Silver, yeah. you've been you've been quiet. Yeah, just what do you think? listening to everybody else's thoughts. Um it's I mean, let's be honest, it's your very standard Resident Evil fare as far as your cinematic or animated experience goes. I mean, the other movies were very similar, weren't they, in the way they went about things. And was I enjoyed it. With a few caveats attached. I mean, it starts off exceptionally well. Like I'm sure most of us are united here in saying Probably all of us really enjoyed the beginning. Like, it was really solid at the beginning. And Yeah, for sure. Yes. Yeah. Like, the first two episodes, I would say, is probably the better half. Yeah, agreed. Totally agreed. And then, when you get closer towards the end... Goodness me, have I got a few things to point out which will be coming up later because of our questions. So, yeah, mm. I enjoyed it. It's very well, very well animated. Very, very solid in its early half, but then I'm going to have to poke at the second half with a very, very critical stick. So you'll excuse me for that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's understandable. Ah, I mean, it. so yes, I'm sure that I think generally, I think a lot of us are fairly positive. But when you look online, and there has been some negative feedback to it, I think a lot of us can at least kind of see where it's coming from. I would think that's fair. Mm-hmm. So I'll see if we yeah. get to that a little bit more then. Um, uh, is that everyone? Yes, please. Yeah, uh, I was also one of those people that got Netflix to watch this. My God, I'm like, not the only uh, only silly person. You're, you're not the <laughs> yes. only one because <laughs> I, I'm I'm weird. I'm a, I'm a millennial with a boomer brain when it comes to technology. <laughs> like, I I have a monstrous physical media collection that takes up this entire gaming room. And I thought to myself, there's no other way I'm going to be able to watch Infinite Darkness right now unless I get Netflix. Oh, I, uh, so, I, uh, did, <laughs> I, I didn't have Netflix. I kind of sailed the boat with the Pirates patch, you know? That's how I got it. Yeah. Man, I don't pay for Netflix because my grandparents gave me uh, their uh, user stuff. So, like, yay, I watch Netflix for free. Yeah, my roommate only gave me, like, HBO Max, but not Netflix or Disney Plus, so... If that's the case, then I will put on my eye patch and go. That's what I did. I'd say at this point that the views expressed by Renegade Operative about piracy are not representative of anyone (laughs) else here at the Infamous Syndicate and should be treated with disdain and caution. That's not like a commercial you see in the States. (laughs) (laughs) And now for this 20-second ad. Yes. This this message was endorsed by... All right, then. So let's get into some detail then. Uh, So question two. Um, Wait a minute. I didn't go. You got something else? Oh, sorry. I do apologize. I'm trying to find my note. See, see, look, you're learning. You're learning. (laughs) Shut up. Shut up. Let me go. All right. So (laughs) I I don't have really much to say about the quality of the show, except for standard stuff. I, I thought it was pretty engaging and enjoyable for what it was. Granted, 
it's definitely not perfect because considering the next little questions there are people bringing up some criticisms about episode four which i do agree with but we'll get to that when we get there uh, overall i think it was a nice experiment it's something that I can see why it released on Netflix the way it was and due to the whole pandemic thing it was a nice little treat for them to whip this up and do it uh, but I do think that most people that I heard that are talking about this movie they said that well show not movie but it goes into the same point uh, they said that this is basically a CGI movie cut up into four episodes and especially it goes with the length, which is segued into how we feel about the length and everything later on in the document. Mm -hmm. Overall, I would say it's not above things that I've seen before, but it's definitely not the worst. Uh, the worst, in my opinion, is the CGI movies, but, you know, like Degeneration, but that's a whole nother topic entirely. Uh, as a quick... Yeah, go on, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, as a, as, a, as, a, as a quick question, just to kite, is this series better? Is Resident Evil as a franchise better that this exists? Mm, uh, not no. really. Well, it, like, this feels like one of those things where it's like it's just there. I, I don't know. It's weird to explain. It's like it exists, but overall, like yeah, it feels like it's filler. It's something that's not really pertinent in the timeline in terms of like damaging events i would even say that re6 was a bigger scale event than this one for sure yeah like the way it is like given to us like you can literally just like ignore this and you will be fine just no the only context that you truly are missing right now is just leon and quest relationship at the end but that's about it yep yep that's the only like real damaging event that explains like some things when we get to it Wow. We even had the Ashley cameo, and you're going to say that. It, it was neat. It, it was nice mm. to see her, but since she's, like, not nice present... Picture. Yeah. Picture. <laughs> it, since she's, like, not present, it really doesn't affect anything. Uh, All right. By the way. <laughs> yeah. Get used to that. Yeah. Get used to it, indeed. All right, then. So, uh, question two, then. Uh, who wants to have a stab at this? Now... Read or oh, I'll just read them. What the heck? So, how did people feel about the overall story and characterization with Infinite Darkness, including obviously the time in 2006, uh, Jason resorting to instilling fear into the world? Spoilers, by the way. Uh, the war in Penn and Stam, uh, characters obviously being killed off, like Shen Mei, Claire being sidelined, um, and Leon withholding vital information from Claire, which kind of made her very angry and cross, which I think was pretty understandable. This is a uh, lot to unpack. It's a lot. Yes, we, we, we take this in, take this in bits. Mm -hmm. so I suppose the story. Uh, let's, let's go for like the the, the plot. No, it's, you know, the, the oh, let's start with the Jason part, really. Ja oh, you want to start with Jason? Okay, get him yeah, right. I'm sorry, Jason. Like honestly, though, I feel like he was like the most, really enough, the part of the most compelling villain in any Resident Evil thing in a long time, to be quite frank. Because you know, you mm -hmm. seeing like how his his development go on, you see what happened to him and his crew during you no. Know, that uh, war that happened in made up Pakistan. I, I forgot what the name of the place is called. Uh, Penamstan. 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 
Yeah, so like for him, to, for him to like, you know, try to give the world what he experienced, aka fear and all that nonsense. Like I, I felt that more so than most villains, you know, in the mythos, like the Umbrella of Resident Evil, pun intended. Like it take for Vendetta, for example, the main villain that um in that movie. Like, what a fucking joke that was. I is an understatement. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, I don't know, it felt a little bit on the cliche side to me. Like, I kind of, I understood what was going on, but it's it did feel like a plotline that I've seen reused in, like, a hundred stories a little bit, you know? Yeah. Um, guy goes into awful situation, guy feels betrayed by world, guy threatens destruction upon world. But in a, at least it's... A- uh, relatable might be a stretch considering this is Resident Evil here, though, but I understand his motive more so than, like, say, a, a lot of villains in the series. Yeah, which, which so, I, I will it, admit, there is some relation to the idea. Yeah, his is more direct than most, I must say. I, I agree because I can't understand why a crumb of coochie would make Derek Simmons destroy an entire town and blow it up. <laughs> Uh, just because he doesn't get Ada, and then he turns his wife into an exact physical manifestation of Ada Wong, and then she goes out and destroys half the world and almost affects everyone. So, I I, I can find it relatable on a small scale. I I think it was fine. The only part I really didn't like about Jason is is the fact that I felt like his turn to evil and and them rushing that. I felt that was a little bit, like, off, in my opinion. It could have been handled a little bit better. I don't think that the show's format helped that fact as well because they just decided, hey, uh, Leon, you're going to join us or or else. And when he was like, nope, and he got shot, I'm like, well, there, there's that. Oh, there he goes. Yeah. I'm definitely with you on that one. I Truth be told, I think the length really is to like the core factor of a lot of the cons in the show. But I think we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. I think as, as oh, it's okay. <laughs> I was gonna say I think as far as Jason, I think initially I felt as though um, I didn't really like him as a villain. Um, but I think it is because of the time crunch that we had at the end. But as you guys are talking about it more, I'm able to think about it more, and I'm just like, <laughs> oh, I mean, I guess I kind of makes sense like he's the most realistic villain in my opinion because again vendetta i forget the guy the villain's name um we all do glenn glenn arius <laughs> he was a joke and truthfully i watched vendetta right before i watched infinite darkness and i was like what the fuck is this what is this um and then simmons was kind of a joke too so like um but i i feel like if we had more time with him like i guess he would have been a more Convincing. I don't know, in my, yeah, convincing. Because mm-hmm. again, the end was just, I thought it was going to be more. I literally was just like, yo, he he had this thing that he was going to do. This will kind of set up for maybe a season two. And then like, blam, no. And I was like, wait, what? So yeah, I don't do know. You, do you guys think that he should have survived and became like, not a long saddle, but something like he becomes a, a more bigger threat over time or to a point where maybe like he could appear in a game with um Leon being the main protagonist and I, or maybe I think, season two I, something. I think something, he probably got more s- him. He probably got sold a little bit down the river, I reckon. Yeah. 
because yeah. a lot of it was pretty heavily telegraphed. Like to me, like the whole shed may think that did surprise me a bit in how it happened, but I figured something was gonna <laughs> kick off there. But I, but I do think Jason got sold down the river by the plot a little bit. Like he was fairly obvious what was gonna happen. Oh, uh, we get to her soon. <laughs> he will do definitely. Oh, I have a lot to say about that part of things. We'll get there. We'll definitely get there. Sorry, Austin, yeah. you tried to say earlier. Uh, I was just going to say that um, compared to Jason, first of all, I didn't even realize that his name was Jason. I thought he was just some random dude. Like, I don't remember his name being Jason at all. It's been a while. This isn't the Heavy Rain podcast. (laughs) Jason! But anyways, um, I, like, he was, like, he was more of a convincing, like, quote-unquote villain than other uh, antagonists in the Resident Evil's, like, entire franchise. However, I feel like people consider him as a villain because he became the main, like, boss. But he was still kind of like, you know, uh, like sort of like an anti-hero who was just going more of a corrupted path. Because, like, again, he was a victim, and his own mentality spiraled out of control, and he just basically went insane in his own world. Okay, I think the in. better way to put it is that he's the antagonist of the story rather than the villain of the story. Yeah, yep. I, would, I would point him as an antagonist and, like, a evil mastermind type of deal yeah because the turning point wasn't until they killed those people on the ship like i I think for the most part we can all say that he started out good and then once that happened and leon questioned it that's when the turn kind of happened yeah i'm definitely again i think it got kind of pretty heavy telegraph with what had happened in the submarine anyways and kind of the approaches of like we're gonna do what we're told because you know we have to do it that way there is no other way mm-hmm. um i mean it, it was easy to be distracted by bits and pieces but i think upon looking back like you could kind of see the pieces fall into place a bit which was a bit there's of a shame something. sorry sorry yeah no 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 go, go on man i'm just gonna say that there's something that doesn't add up there for me right so at one point you see Jason trying to almost, you know, reach out and appeal to Leon on the submarine because he's been in a similar situation with Raccoon City. Hmm. And then after all the stuff goes down and the sub is sinking and you have the most potentially threatening rats on the planet, um, him and Shen Mei just, like, decide... Let's, let's be honest, if Leon hadn't have gotten there, they were fully intent on leaving him behind. So those two factors of... Why did Jason potentially try to appeal to his, you know, humanity and what he'd been through, in a sense, only to potentially leave him behind? That doesn't add up for me. Oh, I think they were just focused on the mission more so than anything else, because they killed off the whole crew, right? So, like, because they were going to be in the way of where they're trying to go. So, it ain't, like, their goal is more important than anyone else, regardless of how close they are to them. Or at least trying to, like, relate to them. Hmm. Yeah, no, I, I think that's, that's, that's fairly reasonable. Um, yeah, I kind of agree. Um, so what about, um, I suppose, obviously from Jason, I suppose Shenmue is probably the next place to talk about her. Oh, the, the lovely oh, Patrick, oh, which Leon, again, oh. someone trying to get the hookup with, didn't happen, unfortunately, for him. He did his best. You know, I'm kind of mad about um, Miss May here. You know, I don't like how they killed her off, though. That's kind of the Me biggest too. thing that pissed me off. I'm like, I said, all oh, that you guys just kill her off that quickly? Like, come on, guys. Uh, the watch party yeah. definitely had a major reaction on that. Aspect. That was weird. That. It's weird because 
I thought he was gonna save her like as Leon usually does, but nope, he just snaps her neck like a twig, and I'm like, damn, she was kind of actually cool. I wanted to see her and Ada maybe team up or something, but nope. Yeah, like I do like um Shinmeo because again, like her um motive is you know relatable and unsentable given the context of what happened. So for her, her just end up dead just like that, you know. Like Resident Evil has a history of you know killing off characters way too soon or not using them again. I get that, but the, again, the length of the show and the way they crunch everything together though did not help this case. So like, it felt like we barely got enough of her, and then she just disappears immediately afterwards. I feel like we did get like a decent. I feel like we got her story pretty well. Like I really like how her story was told. Um, but the fact that, like, I was caught, like, way, way off guard when Jason was just like, all right, I don't need you anymore, like, bye. Yeah, snapped her arm and snapped her neck, like, okay. Yeah. Like, can I, um, well, we're saying spoilers anyway. Um, I was gonna say, I don't, I don't really understand why of all the people, like, why between Shen and Leon, he did just kill her. He had, he had a couple of opportunities to go after Leon and, like. Blood armor. And it was just like he didn't even he didn't even do anything to Leon. He did like nothing. So I was just really confused as to why Shen got killed. Like there you know, was it just seemed like it was to maybe kinda sort of propel the plot forward, but it did nothing but I or was it shock value? Like I don't it's know. It's probably shock value, honestly, because that's a good yeah. point. You know, he had no reason to kill her considering, you know, those two had been cahoots for like what, how many years, you know, given the time frame, you know? Like uh six. yeah. Six years, yeah. Yeah, so, like, that, that was not cool. Yeah, I mean, probably it might also be a case of they needed to tie up a plot thread, and maybe they didn't quite know the best way to do it. Like, if Jason, you could accuse of, like, towards the end, not really understanding exactly, like, his exact motives and what he's trying to do, I think at least with Shenmue, they gave a good attempt at trying to explain some backstory. Obviously, they talked about like the, the family thing, and obviously they went to the mansion with the old dude, and obviously the the brother who was not much of a brother anymore really at that point. And they kind of used that for obviously to try and get some some emotional heft into things. But you know, when you just kind of you kind of I don't know, it felt almost like a bit of a throwaway at the end. I don't know if that's a fair yeah. statement. I would honestly, if I would, if I was the one who was like directing that scene, what would have happened was that Jason would infect her, and Leon would like end up saving her. But then she would say, "I don't want to be like a monster or turn like what my brother did," and Leon would just end her there. I think it would be a lot better to end her story like that. That's like oh, that's kind of the same thing that happened to Buddy, except he saved them in that regard. So it, it is, it is a little bit of a rehash. However, that being said, that would have played up on a lot more emotional drama than just doing it prematurely with no buildup at all. True, but like with Buddy, it was a parasite that Leon shot, where this one's a blood infection. True, but he was still like infected, and at the end, he told Leon to kill him. He said no, he was going to kill himself, and then Leon stopped him and paralyzed him. So it's kind of like in the same thread, just done a little bit differently. Oh hell, if anything though, like just he could have just literally broke her arm and just left her um for dead, you know, left her, left her alone. <laughs> after that. Yeah. 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 You know, after that arm snap though, she probably would have um, lost her arm, you know, in the hospital because there's no way that um they could reattach that you know, in, in the bones in places. Hmm. Yeah. So, I love this is yo, hmm? oh, sorry, sorry. Not go, go, go. So. This is this is where 
I um, actually, this is where my gripes with both Jason and Shen may kind of come in, and I think it might be more from a time constraint slash, well, mainly time constraint perspective that we saw this, but it's like, Jason starts off, like, with his motivations being shown very clearly, and it's, it's advancing in a very, you know, understandable and logically paced way. And then by the time episode three goes, you know, comes around, the guy's gone from being, you know, fairly... You know, fairly on the level with his motivations to literally single-mindedly having the largest fear boner ever known on the planet. Like, the dude loves fear. Dude loves fear, and it feels like kind of went off the cliff edge a bit too quickly. And that's also where a criticism of mine comes in for Shen Mei. Maybe I'm analysing a bit too deeply here, but... You know, she seemed to have the most sound judgement out of the two of them all the way through. Like, she was the better written one for me because it's very clearly shown that she has an emotional attachment in terms of her brother. She knows what she wants to do, she knows her goal for getting there, she's been solid with it all the way through. And then when a ginormous, hulking, eight-foot-tall killing machine that's gone insane is in front of her, she decides to reason instead of, you know, do a smart thing and run away. Okay, have, well, you, have you ever seen a Resident Evil game before? This happens all the time. <laughs> well, I know, and that's why I'm face-palming! That's true, though, but in fairness, though, like, those two met similar ground, because you saw um, when she came in, saw her brother there, right? So they had a familiarity yeah. connection, though, but the things, though, like, she couldn't see, you know, um, Jason's, like, I guess, true personality the way um, Leon did, because the way he uh, he's talked to Leon about, you know, um, but the fear stuff, like, he, he, Leon picked up that, um, Jason uh, is more want to use fear as a weapon than anything else. She made it insane. I was yeah. gonna say, I feel uh, as though Shen May also like knew him for for a while, and they were working together for a while. So I feel like the her obvious reaction is to try instead of running away is to talk to him and try to try to reason him. Yeah. So the sentimentality yeah. aspect kind of got in the way there, kind of thing. She I mean, inspiration I mean, look at her brother too. They they didn't have to keep her brother, but that's what I mean, they did. The the good example that could come to mind right now actually is in Cole Veronica, where um Steve and Claire, uh, she um Claire tried to reason with Steve as a um you know steroid plant monster. It, it obviously it worked, but um dramatic, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah, that's yeah. what it boils down to me, and it doesn't make the most sense in the world. It does kind of drag. There is one thing I will give um, Infinite Darkness props for, and when I think we've got to delve into it, is that the plot for Infinite Darkness, I think is actually quite a complicated one. When you think of everything that's going on, it's not just about a war, it's not just about, um, you know, the virus, it's about, you know, what people got stuck into, the after effects, you know, obviously getting drafted into, into the government, and then you've got that stuff going on, and there's a lot of interpersonal stuff. I think what's very yeah. impressive with Infinite Dice that I think is nice to see as opposed to, say, the films, which we'll delve into a little bit more later on, is the fact of how they decided to try and advance the plot. It wasn't a film about blowing up everything, about having these massive gunfights and killing tons of zombies, which we all know Leon can do. We've seen it many times, and we know he's very, very good at it. But they actually made an attempt to me to kind of advance the plot via talking via development you know via people and interactions and like that's kind of a bit of a new thing for Resident Evil to do but it feels 
it feels quite more it feels a bit more modern to me you know people don't like having their intelligence being insulted and i would wager there's maybe a time or two in some of the films where it kind of veers on especially if you're doing some live actions but that's a separate thing i guess but mm-hmm. i i think i'm glad that they went down that route um and it allows a lot of dissection into these characters i think some of the execution especially of Sam May, and especially jason maybe have been a bit off but i think it was at least a heck a good attempt at trying to provide something i don't think they've really done before i mean a really positive way to look at it is it holds the record for being easily the most politically driven resident evil out of everything we've potentially seen and it's actually executed very very well yeah it's not it's not it's not a simple plot and ultimately they gave themselves like an hour 40 minutes to go through a whole story of that from different viewpoints and explanations and different backstories. Like that's that's a pretty ambitious task for a series that is not known for that. It wasn't even an hour and 40, it was like an hour and 20 something. Yeah, once you, once you cut out all the extra stuff or so, whatever else, but even so... And cut out all the intros. Yeah, they, they delve into yeah. that, so yeah, fair play to them, I think. Um... So, apart, I've been wanting to talk about plenty, not just because I am admittedly hugely biased on this situation, um, and that is obviously Leon Kennedy and Claire Redfield, uh, two main stars and main protagonists. Obviously, um, what was going on at the end of the end of this? Like, what on earth did Leon think he was doing? Like, given everything they've gone through, is he really that attached to the job? But he's got like, I can't tell you what's going on. It's not really allowed, you know. Well, I mean, okay. In Leon's defense, though, like, this is legit. He is a government agent, though. He cannot be going around leaking information like that willy-nilly. Otherwise, his ass is on the line. Now, I understand, like, you know, they have a, you know, bond and connection, though, but let's be real here. If you were working for, like, it doesn't have to be a government, though. It could be anything, you know, involving something that involves information. If that information comes to get leaked out, though, and it gets linked back to you, though, your ass is on the line, not them. Well, for the most part. Not them, right? Mm-hmm. So Leon could be in world trouble if he allowed that thing to get out. Now, but on top of that, though, like that could also create a huge international incident if um if Mitchell like that broke out. So it's yeah. probably for the best to yeah. keep it under wraps, you know, for everyone's sake, not just you know the the core party at hand. I think. So what you're suggesting is that I would have been fired. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you've been fired, but on top of that, um, you've been jailed, probably been executed. <laughs> executed. Let, let me let me note that down. <laughs> Holy Leon, shit! Leon will probably be tried for treason, high treason. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. To be fair, yeah. in my in my estimation, it probably would have been worth it. But there we go. <laughs> okay, so no, I I get Leon's side of things though. Yeah. I'm just gonna say that. <laughs> yeah, I I get it. I totally get it, and it. This is one of the story aspects to me that made sense because it explains his behavior and why he's so like distrusting of no, information until like Resident Evil 6 where he's like, oh, well, now they're going to tell people about Raccoon City. Initially, I didn't want this. Uh, I think that's a bad idea. However, his best friend convinced him otherwise, which was the president at the time, Adam Benford. Uh, so I, I think for the most part that it made sense for him to be like this is my job now this is what i do um i know i was blackmailed into it but now it's like i have to take this seriously if i want to quote unquote save the world and this is sort of what he's doing now it is 
also very interesting that their relationship is fractured and it has been for like so many years now maybe like almost a decade it's been a while since leon has actually seen claire like later down in the timeline i think at all um they need to have another encounter again and have this situation resolved because now it could be a lingering plot threat because they both do different things like different occupations different events in history of resident evil true and that's why him meeting chris made a little bit more sense because of what they do yeah Yeah. claire kind of went off obviously did her own thing with cure and all that sort of stuff so it's obvious they're not going to have particularly many interactions yeah and like claire was with like she got more in touch with like barry and just various other characters that were not Leon or people who were related to Resident Evil 2. Yeah, yeah, I suppose so. Um, there is something else I also want to be about Claire. Now, I might just be, I don't know if I'm the only person who feels this. And again, I am a bit biased, and I do accept because the way the plot was written was kind of, I guess, necessary. But, like, did the end of, of Infant Darkness just become the Leon Candy show? Because obviously you start off with like these like dual protagonists, and by the end, like Claire is just she just sits in the chair, and this is spiel for like four minutes. That's about. I think Claire's the victim of the plot. Yeah, Trupito. Like, yeah, yeah. While yes, like advertising it shows both of them together. The problem is again, this is also an issue with the show's format. Like four episodes, thirty minutes piece, not enough. If they actually had a longer show, Claire could have probably had more screen time. Because uh, on her side of the fence, though, she was breaking down an investigation, you know, trying mm. to pe- um, put pieces together, right? But we don't get enough of that. If they show more of that, along with Leon and um and his cronies um doing their thing, then I think it would have been fine if they show at least equal enough, you know, screen time both of them. But the problem is though, given how the plot is and how much time they had, like it pretty much is just Leon featuring Claire from uh. Resident Evil series. Hmm. That's kind of how I felt too. Um, I I kind of felt like because a lot of the times while watching it, I kind of you know we would flip back to Claire and I'd be like, oh yeah, Claire is part of the show. Yeah, like I I was Mm -hmm. like, yo, we could have like gone. Like I mean, I like Claire. I don't. I I wish that she would have gotten more screen time, but I feel like at the same time, because she was kind of sidelined so much, they could have cut a little bit more. Like they could have like cut her out, and it wouldn't have. Like, I constantly forgot that she was there, so... I mean, yeah. she's definitely... She's a victim of the writing, in a sense, because of the way they place her. She's fundamentally on the outside. So a lot of the time, she's um following the trail that Leon's already blazing ahead with because he's at the centre of everything. She's, she's a victim of the writing, in that sense. Yeah, exactly. This is the part where... Behind. This is the part where I upset Claire Redfield stands, or no? Well, I, mean, I mean, go for it. Because yeah. I, I simply, I simply oh, I just feel like for this character being a philanthropist and all that stuff and not being at the center of fighting B.O.W.s that she's a constantly a victim of this uh, over and over again. And they have to, like, squeeze her into situations for them to even make the most remote sense. And that's kind of hard for certain people, like. I think even um, on the site for Resident Evil Ambassador, they sort of explained this to some extent, saying, yeah, we're glad to have fan favorites, but because X, Y, and Z, 
uh we have to put claire in the center of this investigation and once she finds out it really doesn't go much of anywhere like i thought there was going to be like some creature encounter in this house or something and maybe they do the whole haunted house segment but no she gets her information she sees the vitals on the floor and she leaves yeah, imagine if that corpse turned into um the BOW that um Jason turned into, right? That right there would have been cool if she kills it or at least tried to. It was like a, or yeah. like a modified zombie that would have been nice. Or anything, yeah. It was it was kind of set up for something and it was just tune in next time. And it was like, oh great. Yeah, I, I did yeah. I do agree. I did think that the trailer was gonna do something like that, but ultimately you get the final thing and it's like, well, it's just information, Scooby Doo clues, and that's it. <laughs> yeah, uh, but like that's kind of the issue though. Like, you know, like it's cool Clara's here though, but why have her if she does so little? Like as these guys said, like you know, Leon already knew or know a lot of these things already though. Just the only information Leon doesn't know is like the characters that were killed off screen or whatever. Like mm-hmm. that's the only information Clara finds out. That's because she you know she does investigating. But whereas Leon though, he's in the center of everything. So like that information really is irrelevant when. Leon is dealing with the the forefront of the extra stuff. I think once again, it's just due to the level of skills being conveyed here because, you know, both of them can fight, but one does it better than the other one. So, of course, he's going to be like the one that takes on Jason and stuff like that, which is quite hilarious that he pulled like a 50 cal out of his ass and decided to shoot Jason with it, shoot his arm off. And we were like, where did he get that from? I was like, okay, then. It's just, it's just in the locker nearby, you know, as you do in your typical secret government facility. He's just stopped. But why is it loaded? Material rifles, rockets, it's loaded, <laughs> rocket launchers everywhere. <laughs> he's like, he phones in his dad. He's like, do you have that spare 50 cal? Oh, you do? Great. Can you airlift drop it? Oh, thank you. That's Call of Duty. Yeah, but I... I just think it's just a victim of circumstance, like Shadow said, and uh, they have to like shoehorn all this stuff in to make it work. I don't know if they're going to do this in the future. I would propose that maybe, well, I can't really propose it because it, it might be a thing, but uh, I would say that maybe more revelations, more adventures with Claire. We'll see who knows, but they do have a lingering plot thread that they do need to fix and maybe that could lead to something else in the next iteration or so. We don't know. Yeah, I was trying, yeah, I, I was just saying, I was trying to think of an example that was similar to this that I could think of. The first I could think of was Rebecca's return in Vendetta. Vendetta. That was yeah, even Vendetta. worse. God. That was that even was worse. I could think of. So, you know, she was literally a plot device for the, um, for the whole movie. Without her, then the Is movie would not happen, movie? really. At least the way it did. Well, Rebecca's like, that's true, but it's just like she's just the boner from the antagonist, and that was it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, if you remove her from the equation, then, like, the movie, at least the way it was done, the way we saw it, would not happen. Hmm. So, <laughs> I don't know. But... Uh, friends, effectively, Rebecca was pointless addition to the movie, despite nice her. It's nice to have her back, though, but. Like, if, if Arius didn't have his that. boner, it wouldn't have happened, but it's just. I don't know. It just gave me like RE6 flashbacks to where everything is just trivial. And if it didn't happen, then all these people wouldn't be dead and zombies would be coming back to life, eating people, even though they got cured at the end. And it's just like a clusterfuck when you really think about it. So, so I don't know. That's how I feel about it. 
that, that this is Vendetta we're talking about. It's um It's not it's the one it's um it's essentially the one where somebody was getting very, very drunk, had a deadline, quickly hopped onto fanfiction and thought, you know what? That guy's idea is a very, very good one. We'll we'll take that. And that is how the entire thing just happened. Oh, it wasn't. Or maybe. <laughs> better than the live I... actions. Um, uh, yeah, hold still up, better um... than the live actions. Oh, that's for true. But, um, actually, actually pretty much fanfiction themselves. Agreed. Oh, no, I do agree real, with that. Real quick, though, um, this, this reminded me of something, though. This actually started a controversy, the whole with, um, Claire being sidelined. Uh, it started like another controversy, though, but I'm not sure it was appropriate to talk about it here. Are you talking so, about the uh, one where people were like, I don't understand why, I think it was Kobayashi who said this, uh, and he said something about Leon being the main character or something? No, not that. Uh, although, I mean, we, we could probably talk about that, because, no, that it kind of ties but, in, right? Yeah, that, but yeah. I'm going to type in chat and let you evaluate. Yeah, okay. fair enough. Okay. Uh, one last thing before we open up here. This did provide Claire Redfield in glasses. Worth $9.99. Yes, I was going to say that. So, um, anyone else have anything they want to bring up? Overall story or anything we've missed? I guess Brandon can talk cool. about what he wanted to mention. Yeah, um, is that yeah. what I bring it up? I think it's fine. I think it's fine, yeah. It's That's a fine topic. So, females yeah. being sidelined in RE. Now, for Jill's case, I would say this is worse. Uh, yeah. Because she's been in rehabilitation for like I don't know, 12 years. 12 years or something? That's yeah. just, that's just it ridiculous. It feels more egregious because of who she is to the series, yes. I reckon. I think, I think that's the issue, because obviously she was there at the start, and she's been obviously featured, and she's one of the big people, and then obviously she effectively dropped off the face of the earth after RE5, and it's not that she just dropped off, it's the fact that there has been nothing. No information not about nothing not at all. Guessing Before Pretty much, yeah, apart from a couple of like loose references here and there, there has been, I think, to a general person who has a sort of half interest in the series, absolutely, they would think she's dead. Like, she's, she, you know, I must, I've got to go now. My planet needs me, and she's gone. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's what bad is... when the most recent thing of Jill is a remake of something that happened like literally 20 years ago. So, like, <laughs> yeah. like that is, it's pretty bad. On top I mean, of that, really um, need to look back. Hmm? Oh, sorry, no, go ahead. Yeah, go, go ahead. Go. You first. Okay. I was just going to say, you know it's bad when one of the most recent things we've seen where she's taken a lead role? Revelations. That's one of the most recent things where she's taken, an, you know, an active lead role. It has been that long. And yeah. I was talking to a friend during a live stream not too long ago, and he was like, dude, Silver, add it up. Tally up, just on your hands, while we're going along, because we're playing Resident Evil 4. He was, and he said to me, tally up how many times our main male characters have been in this series comparatively to their female counterparts. And the, dis the disparity is very large at this point. It is really big. I don't think Resident no. Evil is the only series that's guilty of this, to be fair. No, in, in fact, um, in the most recent Capcom product, um, Democrat 5, they also are very, very guilty of um, treating their females at the same quality as they did with the previous games, just put it mildly. 
which is just the way it is. Um, I mean, obviously with Jill, like they obviously they have the storyline thing of obviously what happened with RA five, but it's been a decade. Like you would think that something would have happened. It does feel like a bit stark. I mean, I had obviously the, my vague theory. I thought she might pop up in Village, assuming that that was going to be Chris's last thing. It turns out that's not going to be Chris's last thing. So I reckon Jill is probably turning up in RE nine. That's my. That's my 20 bucks. Here you go. Um, hopefully it turns into a grand down the line sort of thing, basically. Um, you know, and I'd love to see it because it feels like it, she has to come back. Somewhere. You can't just touch nothing. And if you come back, like you can't just be as a little cameo or a side thing. Like, oh, hey, that's Jill Red. And he said Jill Redfield. My God, I've got someone <laughs> in mind here. Well, I, think, I mean, it might happen. You already know. It, might, it might, might as well be. I mean, they're both as likely as Fair enough. Um, but yeah, no, I do agree. Yes. It's, it's it's a shame, but I like this happens at a lot of things. You know, it's just kind of it's a bit of an old mindset, I guess, with a lot of people, a lot of series. You know that you know you must have the big, strong, hulky, handsome male lead for your for your series. It's you know this is this is uh, just one of those things. I think it's not great. Heaven. It's a bit outdated, <laughs> but it is a thing, sadly. But with that too, um, also um. Now, another topic was um, Leon being used a lot. Now, um, there's a little fun fact for a lot of people. Um, Chris Redfield, no, the man that has been there since day one, he's been in more games, either as a active protagonist or a secondary character, no, since literally the first game. So he, had, he was in one. Technically, he's in two, though, but he's an extra character in, in, um, in a battle mode. So yeah, it's, it's, I, yeah. yeah. So in Cole Veronica, he's a... Um, yeah. Supporting protagonist, Next Revelations question. One. Supporting protagonist, Resident Evil Five, main character, uh, Seven. Uh, technically supporting character though, but he was like the most irrelevant character Six. in that game. Six yeah. supporting character, uh, or <laughs> yeah, in Village supporting um character. Well, he's main supporting protagonist in Six though, but he's supporting Eight. So yeah, he's yeah. been a lot though. But with Leon, you know, he's been the protagonist in two. Four and six. He's been the poster child in all those four, all those three games. On top of that, all the CG movies, even yeah, one with Chris movie. in it. Yeah, everything that was you no, know, not a game. Leon has been in it. So, I, mean, I get why people are upset of seeing Leon used all the time, though. But fact that matters, though. Chris has been used more times than Leon, though. But I think the issue is that he's the poster child of said products more so than Chris is. Chris has been side uh, character as well as protagonist, you know, that kind of thing. People got to, yeah. I mean, this might be harsh reality. And I know people might disagree with this, but uh, they also have to understand that for the mainline games and the direction they're going in, I think Capcom notices that some star power has to be sort of attached to them, if not they will wipe the slate clean and start over with a new character because they know that what they like to do is take these new characters and either propose the idea of passing the torch or they kill them off. Uh, they haven't found the situation where they're written to the point of taking over these mantles because too many people have this affinity for the older characters because of that. Um, and people complaining about, oh, well, where's everyone else in RE7? And uh, where's my older protagonist? It's like, 
I don't think they're going to please both sides, whether they go in one direction with new people or they keep just continuing with uh, older people, even if it's not Leon. Uh, yeah, look at Resident Evil 6, you know, they had every um character, you know, had a they new character right next to them. Yeah, that, have, what, Helena, yeah. Pierce, Jake, yeah. and the agent that um for some reason is there for Ada. Hunk, so yeah, that was all, those are new point. characters alongside with legacy characters. They also like they're needed. Yeah, that that was I the mean, best way they did it, honestly. Yeah, I mean, this is something I feel like I brought up probably every single Resident Evil podcast I think I've ever done in my life now. But Resident Evil is a series that is built on its own nostalgia. It is its own driving force. It's its own selling force. It feels like it sells itself in its nostalgia every time you see anything Resident Evil. And unfortunately, when it comes to that, you look at the biggest characters that be in the series. You've got Chris Redfield. You got Liam Kennedy. They're like the two yeah. names that come to mind. That's, that's just how it is, sadly. Yeah. So there you go. I'll I'll, yeah, I'll say that as like a, a fan of the series as well, talking about the the star power aspect in these characters, like you know, being able to sell the games. Like I have no shame in what I'm about to say either. Like Resident Evil Two is my favorite game of the franchise, and I was like waiting for two remake. For what felt like an eternity, I, I was super excited for it. And that day when they like showed the trailer with Leon in it, you know, when, when was it, 2018 now when they showed that trailer? Yeah, before they yeah, yeah it was it? Early, early 2018, I feel. Oh, it was yeah. E3. Yeah. I saw Leon in that trailer, and I actually had tears in my eyes during that trailer because I'd been waiting that long. So it must tell you something about the power of these characters and, you know, their ability to sell these games and have a nostalgia connection with the fans. Yeah, freaking Chris Redfield yeah. for a village. When we showed up my trailer and shot up me, I'm like, oh shit, is he a villain this time? Like, that, that sold me yeah. on the premise. Yeah, there, yeah I, there's staying yeah. power. Like, no doubt, there's staying power. Uh, on the other topic at hand, are the females, like, underutilizing RE? It's 50-50 to me. Like, clearly we have Rose being set up. Uh, we had Sherry, which was awesome. It was awesome to see her again and fighting and all that stuff. Uh, she was a probable highlight of of the game, probably. Yeah, she yeah. was being girl and boss. Absurd plots, notwithstanding, of course. But and, and then there's stuff with Claire where it's like it's cool that we get to see her again, and she was doing cool shit in Revelations too. But her main role was underutilized for the most part in some of the CGI movies. Well, most of them actually. Uh, and, she was fine in Degeneration, to be quite honest, though, because she was really the driving force. Degeneration, I thought, I thought yeah. she, I actually thought she was like, again, personal bias aside, I honestly thought she was like one of the highlights of the, um, of of the film. Like, I thought she, she was fantastic. I think Alison Court did a fantastic job with Degeneration. Uh, well, the the thing really? with that is there are people that also feel like, hey, she took a piece of glass to the leg and that was it. But I, I think people are just focusing on just one part and not the whole movie. Like that part where she kicked the zombie in the head and grabbed the gun and killed everyone. That was awesome. Yeah, yeah but yeah, she's like the driving force of the whole first half of the movie. Like literally, yeah. she was there she when the outbreak been. happened. She was protecting people. She went in, kissed some ass, and Leon helped her out. You know, until um until they left the um thing. She was the driving force of that plot, and she still was when she went to the um facility. So really, the whole movie happened around Claire, and Leon came in and backed her up. Yeah, can Leon. Be. Yeah, Leon was just just a heavy muscle at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. So, so oh, it's just, like, give it fifteen years, the roles have been reversed. Ironically, just give Very it time. Much. Uh, 
see what happens. There's no way they could do RE9 without Jill, considering the BSA corruption plot. If they do, then that'll they fucking that that'll baffle my ass into oblivion. There's no way they can do that. No. Uh, I mean, so that's how I feel. This is when you guys were mentioning earlier about characters being sidelined. It's it's pretty much proven a point with what's been explained here. You know about the the role. Claire played in Degeneration and that kind of thing. It's it's been proven that these female characters are more than capable on on many different occasions to you know stand aside and even surpass their male counterparts. So why sideline them in the first place? Seems especially redundant. Jill. Like she's been through especially a lot of shit Jill. with one and three. Like she carried Resident Evil three. No, she didn't need Carlos. Oh, that's a lie. She didn't need Carlos, but. Yeah, she carried that game, and yet, where is she at now? Same thing in Revelations 1. You know, Chris was... Now, they market Chris and Joe as, like, co-protagonists of Revelations 1, though, but let's be real here. It's a Jill game with Chris as a Jill's side game. character. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was Jill's game. Yeah. So, like, where is she at now, Capcom? I mean, of course, we got Remake 3, though, but that's a remake. Like, I'm not really counting that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's a given. That is a given. But I think we should actually go back on the topic, though. I, I yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, we've, had, we've, had our, we, we've had our segue for the podcast. So there we go. It's like, I, I can't think of any of else story-wise. Everything else will come up, I suppose, as we go along. So I think that's that's pretty, pretty into what we knew it was going to be. Okay, so this is something I mentioned uh, before we started, uh, because I really got missed. Um, and we've talked, obviously, about the characters. Um, the voice acting for, for, for Infinite Darkness. Uh, obviously, we've got... The voice actors from Resident Evil Remake 2 for Leon and Claire reprising their roles, which still looks a bit weird to me. But it's like, it's six years later and they sound almost the same. I can't get my head around that. But what do people think? You know, did you think they did a good job? Okay, barring Claire and and, um, Leon, I felt like this is probably the strongest voice acting we've seen in alternative media for Resident Evil. That's actually going to agree. That's there. a big statement. I'm going to agree. Mm-hmm. I'm going to agree <clears throat> I, Like, when I was listening to Nick, I was worried that, or I had ideas that this was him preparing for, you know, the old Ha Ha Resident Evil 4 remake coming out, yada yada. But honestly, yeah. him staying to, like, actual Resident Evil 2 remake, Leon. Like, it surprised me. I'm like, oh, they're, he's probably going to go for a more grittier Leon. No, he, was, he stuck to the same kind of tone, just a little bit different mannerisms of Leon. I was like, you know what? He actually sounds like a Leon character to me. And I was like, I was on board. Like, once I like heard the first few sentences, like, yep, that's Leon. And then I think Claire's been pretty much Claire with uh, Stephanie. She's been a good Claire from Resident Evil 2 uh, Remake too. I was like, yeah, I can see her definitely being a good Claire, and so far she's proved it, and I've been like watching her streams, because I follow her on Twitch, and I was like, she's such like a really cool person and everything. I was like, I'm glad that she's Claire, in my opinion. Yeah. You know, I, honestly, I, feel, yeah. I feel like Claire is a highlight too, and um, because you know, she had a range of annoyances, more so here I mean, in Infinite Darkness than Remake 2, in my opinion. So when she gets annoyed, salty, or whatever, say she gets snappy at Leon, like, no, you really feel it. Yeah, I mean, like, I think I'm kind of getting used to it a bit now, because for me, it's been a bit alien, you know, like, in Remake 2, like, they all looked kind of different, so I was okay with it, and then Infinite Darkness comes in and Claire kind of resembles a bit more, like, 
how she used to be a design a little bit. So it was a bit more alien. But then, like, I've gone through listening to Nikolai Heisenberg, which just blew my mind. <laughs> and it's like when you hear it, you, you can't unhear it. Uh, um, and as I've said several times, I, I was a huge fan of, of Alison Court. And obviously, she did with, with, uh, with Resident Evil going, obviously, with Cove Veronica and Matt. And I will say, uh, for the record, Alison, if you are listening, you don't feel compelled to respond to all my letters. But if you did, it would make <laughs> my life a little bit better. And I would be very much appreciative of that. Um, but yeah, I, I think like the main cars, I think did a pretty solid job. Like I have not much to complain about. I think things were maybe a little dicey with the support, though. I feel like some of it was fine, and some of it, I don't know. I wasn't so like some of the Patrick stuff. I was not sold on at all. Like looking back, I thought it was pretty. I don't know if I go comical. But there was times where it just felt a bit absurd. And even the president, like, I'm, I don't know. I wasn't sold on some stuff. I think overall it was pretty strong. But it's not to say that I don't think it was it was exceptional the way around. I think the main cast got it down pretty good, even when it was absurd. But I feel like it wasn't the most well-rounded I've ever seen. No. No, like I say, for a turn of video, though, I'll say this is probably the best we got so far. Yeah. Yeah. I think that. I'm... I have got to say that, well, I personally thought at least that, you know, uh, Nick and Stephanie's performances were very, very solid. And I'm probably one of the, the rare few here. Like, if anybody else feels this way, do, do tell me by all means. I instantly felt comfortable with the transition from the, the prior voice cast to the new, you know, voice cast that we got in 2 Remake and then in Infinite Darkness. I I was very happy So to, to see them back reprising their roles in this like short series just hearing claire voiced by stephanie and leon by nick i, I was beyond happy with it i, I had no issues at all no, fine. the most jarring change still is like like knowing that this show takes place after degeneration we had was it matt mercer uh was it is it matt mercer i'm sure not uh, matt matt Mer- Mercer. mercer yes yeah it was matt, matt okay. mercer yeah, so like hearing um, Leon with that deepest fuck voice, and hearing you no know, Nick is like okay, like it's, it's mainly a low disconnect, but it's not the biggest thing in the world. Yeah, I think to the people that haven't necessarily seen, again, yeah, this is a film that's like fifteen years ago. I think if you've kind of seen the series with fresher eyes, from you know delving into you know basically if you've played Resident Evil Remake Two, which a lot of people have done, and they have Netflix, like oh hey, I recognize them. Sure, I'll have a look. I, I, it's probably not a big deal. Like, it's a little thing maybe that some of us that have been around the series a long time will nitpick at, but I don't think it's... It, it's not, like, alien. It's not, like, a turn-off or anything like that, you know? And ultimately, I think they were probably two of the strongest characters in the entire Infinite Darkness series, so... I don't see any particular problems there, really. Hey, uh, I was, um... I was like, oh, like I can't wait for like to hear Matt Mercer again. And then I was like, wait, he's not, he's he's Union, so he can't be. I was like, shit. And then, and then like, oh, Nick is surprised as well. I was like, you know what? He was not bad. I'll, I I enjoy him, so I'm not I'm fine with that too. And I was on board when I was hearing the trailer. I was like, yeah, he's good. And I was on it. Fair enough. Um, anyone else? What they they got any thoughts they want to provide? Yes. I mean, I don't really have much to say. I was fine with the with the casting. Um, I don't I don't really have much to say on it. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's fair enough. Not yeah. a right. All right then, fair enough then. So uh, the only thing I have to say about the casting is is good. Like, the, the voice acting is fine for what it is. Is 
very you know straightforward honestly it's nothing that's super revolutionary but it is decent you know it's not out of the way it's not annoying it's not anything that's like oh man maybe they should have redid that line put that back in the draft you know uh but it wasn't anything that was bad per se i, I think nick and stephanie they they finally have their sort of voice their niche for these characters they know how they operate and what they do and honestly the main criticism was hearing nick do leon because for some reason some people thought that because he's older he can't sort of play an older leon and i thought some of the some of the lines that leon said was like hilarious mm -hmm. uh you know I, I wish i had some cheese or hey sexy or stuff like that you know it, yes, it's yes. that sort of yes. suave it's still there uh, yes yeah, it's, it's still there it's just the voice is different so nothing has really changed yeah and, and it's like you think back again to other films there have been some really really goofy shit said over the course of some films and Resident yeah. as a series has a bit of a dicey history of voice acting to put it mildly so Think, I know. was actually going to mention that, to be fair. Comparatively to where we started, you know, wonderful lines like, wow, this mansion is ginormous, and Jill Sandwich, we've come a very long way. Wait! Don't, don't open that door! door. I mean, exactly. in comparison to that, I'm like a professional voice voice artist that's earning millions of dollars a day, so... You and me both. <laughs> Everyone's fucking earning millions of dollars you a day. like money. I like money. Mm -hmm. It's an ongoing arrangement. All right, then. So, yes, uh, we took that a little bit. Um, a little bit, I suppose. Um, we had four episodes. Favorites and least favorites. Um, four has had a bit of a bashing already. Um, we've not really delved into why much, but, uh, well, this should be fun. Uh, well, yeah, at least favorite episode is definitely four, because that episode felt way too damn rushed. Like, it just went from, okay, we were here in China to suddenly we're back in the U.S. And we entered this fight that lasted, like, at least 15 minutes. And the rest of the movie, just everything just flew by. President leaving, uh, Leon Claire had their thing, and moving on after that. Like, it just happened way too quickly. Yeah, the uh, pacing I would say to, was a mess. It was. Yeah, I mean, I think the pacing was already pretty brisk the whole way. Um, you know, there was a lot of plot to cram into an hour and a half or so, and like they tried to be concise as they could, which was a difficult task. Is it the case that Infinite Darkness just didn't know how to finish itself? Uh, well, kinda, yes, but again, it's also like the victim of what it came out to be. Like, it should have been just been a movie for SARS, though, but if they had like more time or more episodes, like either an hour a piece for each episode or just like six episodes, or maybe eight, maybe they could have filled out more and then have a, like a stronger um, climax that's just not, you know, completely rushed. It's, it's kind of weird, because to me, like, four episodes, you know, like an hour and a half length, like, just in a, in a vacuum, feels probably about the right sort of length, but then you try and perform such a, a complicated, and there's a, quite an interlinked plot, Maybe that was the issue. Maybe they shouldn't have made it as quite as like interwoven and kind of fiddly a plot as it was. Maybe it was just simply too much for them to do in the time span, rather than the time span not being long enough to accommodate. Maybe it's the other way around. Could be. If that makes sense. I mean, if you want, yeah, if, if you want to look at it though from a, 
a, a like a perspective of the format. Does anybody here perhaps think that if they had have just released it as a how long should we say eighty minute movie if you factor all the other bits and pieces out, that people would have been less critical by proxy of the format because a lot of us are already used to them moving at that kind of pace in the other CGI movies anyway. Just a question. Yeah. Just a thought. It does was... seem strange to me, and I guess I'm maybe a bit old-fashioned here, but you've obviously released this in an episodic format, and you've released all the episodes at the same time. Doesn't that kind of defeat the point? Yeah, like, you could just turn this into a movie. <laughs> you know, but I like... get the idea that you're trying to make it more bite-sized for people, but, like, if people only want to... I don't know they feel that maybe if you had like a an eighty minute movie and you break it up into like twenty twenty five minute chunks, someone sits down and watches for like twenty five minutes, like right, okay, um, need to stop for whatever reason. Maybe they felt that they're less likely to go back and watch the rest of the movie. They figured, oh, there's still another like sixty minutes of this. Maybe they feel if they break it into four episodes of thirty minutes and sort of like these more bite sized chunks, that it's kind of it's less intimidating to go back to because it's kind of laid out for you in little bits already. Yes, but they also have um, show formats where like they have like eight episodes that are hour piece. So clearly, that format can and it has worked. It's just the question is, so why didn't you do it for this one? I was gonna mm. say that too. I was gonna say, um, I'm the type of person that uh, when I watch TV shows and they're like an hour long, I have to take breaks to watch them. But I am still weirded up, weirded out about the fact that this Resident Evil um, show, I almost said movie, uh, show is. Uh, ended up going with this uh, medium as opposed to just being a movie because we are used to the movies um, and it's still if you sat down and watched it in one sitting take out the intro the outro um, you're, it's it's essentially a movie yeah I fully agree with that yeah, I, if it wasn't for the fact that I had to watch it I would have binge watched all of them in fact I binge watched all of my shows that, that come on Netflix so essentially you know you could literally make this into a movie and I'll, nothing would change for me but mm. Yeah, like I, I don't think they should have um, made this into a um, show. Cause I mean, yeah, show. Now, granted, though, to give them a low leeway, Castlevania did this, but for the next seasons, they gave them more episodes. Cause two had um eight and four, three and four had um ten episodes. So maybe we will get that um same treatment for Resident Evil. But yeah, my sense is they should just turn this into a movie instead of just making a show. Is it a format that you think Resident Evil could work in any context? Is it episodic, or is it just not suited? Um, us. Oh, sorry, go ahead. You can go. I was saying, like, you know, going to the games, like, Revelations 1 and 2 did the episodic format pretty damn well. If they did something like that, you know, and had, like, a continuous show going on, then, yeah, it could actually work. That's what I'm thinking. I think the problem is just... It's fine as a format, just people want more because they yeah. know how it, expansive like the Resident Evil lore is, and I don't think that like four 20-minute episodes is enough for that. I yeah, I to... definitely agree with that. Yeah, sorry, I agree with that too, Um, but I'm also just kind of like, the way that they went about it this time, because I thought that the episodes were going to be longer as well. So like, if they would have either made the episodes longer or they would have been given a little bit, like, or if they would have been given more episodes, they could have fleshed out the plot. I feel like that's one of the reasons as to why it didn't work was because we got, you know, the beginning episodes, which were cool, 
And then, like, the last two episodes, it was just, like, why why is this rushed? Why do I feel like we're rushing through this right now? Why um, is this feeling underwhelming to me? Like, at the at the end of the last episode, I, I felt nothing. I was just, like, I don't even, like, what, what was the reason for this? Mm-hmm. So the final episode, to me, I, I feel like the problem with it is, like, what everyone else is saying uh they just put everything into a basket and they decided to say okay we're gonna have this final anticlimactic battle and ultimately jason dies in the stupidest way <laughs> like he leon releases the container and is over no nothing exciting nothing to that effect just he goes into the slurm pit and he dies <laughs> And and that's it. That's it. Yeah. And that was that was how I felt too. Because again, as I mentioned earlier, Jason had the entire ability to wipe Leon out, and he just walked away from him. Like it wasn't even a real boss fight. Like I, <laughs> boss fight, boss fight, boss battle, whatever. Like <laughs> that's what Main. I felt like. And I I just also felt like Jason could have he. I don't know if they if they would have been given another season or more episodes or whatever. I felt like he had the potential to be a villain with. The way that he was set up, I just felt like, dude, he just turned himself. What? Like, I mean, he, he could have yeah. been a little more fleshed out. Yeah, in Leon's just... defense, I was like, in Leon's defense, he does have enough plot armor to like outfit a battalion. So, <laughs> as absurd as it was for me, like, obviously, the fact of how it played out, I'm just like, I've seen this for 15, 20 years. It's just like, it's like water off a duck's back now, really. Oh, really? It's not and a good I mean... thing. I mean, they're not, and they're not going to kill off Leon. I know they're not going to do that. Because no, like, we, we uh, can't die because it's <laughs> set like 10 no, years they, ago. <laughs> yeah, they missed their opportunity to kill him off in Resident Evil 4. Because that was going to be one of the um, original ideas. Leon was going to die um, in Resident Evil 4, but obviously they didn't go with it. So they missed yeah, their mark a long time ago. Plot armor. Plot so like... <laughs> armor, just like Chris. Yeah. yeah at least Chris can punch it, so he's fine. He can, but you know, if you punch him or you give him PTSD, he'll still keep coming back. <laughs> yeah, but honestly, episode four is like. I'm oh, sorry, but. I'm oh, sorry, I was just going to say they could. I think the core issue here, maybe, just an observation. They could have gone about it in a more convincing way. You know, like, for example, let's look at what was just discussed in context. Like, Jason had an emotional connection to Shenmue. Yet he bent her out of shape like a twig, and he had he had no emotion, he had no emotional connection to Leon whatsoever, and yet he put him down. It doesn't make any sense, does it? He let him go. No, it doesn't. Matter. It's no sense. Calming here. It's the only yeah. thing I could come up with. I think Romance. <laughs> I mean, it's twenty twenty one. I mean, sure. What the hell? No, it was the hair. It was the hair. He didn't want to touch it. There's one thing I want to say. There, there's one thing I want to say really quickly, and I want to let Des go. Uh, in that moment where Leon got let go, we did see in the previous like couple of episodes that Leon shot him. So he's not like a little peeved about that. He's not a little salty about that. He has him dead to rights, and he just lets him free. I I, I, I don't get that part at all. Yeah, Very valid dying. I was so mad that she died because again, like I feel like Jason and Shen had this kind of bond, like they knew each other for like whatever they met in Phantom Sand. 
wait, is that what it's called? Um, Pakistan. And Pakistan. But again, obviously they're not going to kill off Leon, but he just let Leon go. And it's like, why did you kill Shen? What was the reason? Like, I don't, because Leon did, didn't want to go along with your plan. It's not like you were holding him at gunpoint. He shot at you. Like, I, Cut your arm off for starters. I, I feel <laughs> like if like, yeah, I feel like if this battle was like extended or something, and maybe after he got his arm like blown off by Leon, he picked her up and he said, you know, it's either her or me, so you got to decide. And that would have put Leon in a tight situation because even though he has plot armor, it's someone on the line. Is he gonna pull the trigger again or no? Like, what's gonna happen? So well, I, I think was- they should have did that. That will also um, be like a throwback thing to the earlier in the um show in episode two, I want to say, where like um Jason say that you cannot save everyone regardless of what you mm. do. Yep. No, you could, right? And the thing is, well, Leon might have a ton of plot armor. Shenmei doesn't. And everyone knows that she doesn't. And everyone knows that Leon does. So maybe that was just the area. Just if you'd yeah, switch it around and make that sort of choice. And at that point, you don't know what's going to happen. If you're putting Leon in harm's way, you know he's going to be fine. Like, yeah. it's just... Flipping it around. Gonna, you know he's going to be fine. So yeah, I think you're right. I think there's definitely a missed opportunity there. I think it's a good call. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, but, uh, um, thing, sorry, go on. Uh, one thing I want to say is, like, I think episode four is, like, the perfect metaphor on a lot of flaws for the show. Because um, this time's 10. You know, it's rushed. Um, some things are underdeveloped. Uh, things happen too fast. You no, know, it's, it's rush and whatnot, right? So, yeah, episode four is definitely you know, that metaphor of a lot of problems with the show. It's also the fact that Claire was literally there for no reason. Yeah, yeah like she, 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 no she, reason. she sits there for four minutes listening to an old man sort of brag about his grand plan, which of course falls apart Gets in front of him by because President Evil fact- hit by a. Yeah, and she's like tied down to a chair, which she's clearly not tied Never down. Never once did she scream, hey. Yeah. I need help. Never once. She just watched them. I'm pretty sure she couldn't even hear them. She just watched them all talking on the platform. Oh, like, I you know like, what really bothers me about that whole scene, though? Like, the acid, like, okay, for starters, the fumes alone would probably knock her out. Let's be honest here, though. That's acid. Like, that shit doesn't smell nice. Two, how did the acid s- slow down enough for her to get out of the chair? No, it's Why not she- even that. It's not even that. It's the chair, bro. Like, the chair literally the, didn't the break chair is apart gone. until she moved. Until you she see, moved. <laughs> I, I thought about this, and I applied my, my A-level physics I do have, and I determined that Claire Redfield emits her own space-time continuum around her person. <laughs> this allowed for the progression of time to simply slow enough for her to get away. So, unlike Chris, I think that's pretty can propel time forward and punch stuff, Claire can, like, stop stuff and use her agility to get out of stuff. So yes. they just need to be in a movie or a video game together because they would be unstoppable. Yeah, Have you seen the Matrix? It's the same thing. Yeah, exactly. Like There's absolutely no adventure. <laughs> just oh, bizarre God. adventure. Goodness me. I do want to ask as well, obviously we talked a lot about like, things we didn't necessarily like. Like, What parts did people actually like? You know, Just quickly, at any points that stand out, you think, yeah, that was a cool scene, other than Leon running down that hallway in the, the red light and just looking amazing. Uh, oh, did I we talk about fairy episodes, mm-hmm. though? <laughs> um, and that, no. I was gonna say uh, episode like I really liked episode one, but episode two was so cool just because the whole setup of being in the submarine was like super cool to me. I was like, it was very original. 
it was very original. It's like there needs to be uh, like other than a boat, there needs to be like a submarine Resident Evil game centered on. I think it'd be really cool to have that kind of submersion stuff. Like, oh yeah, we're on a boat in Revelations. Yeah, that's whatever. Being in a submarine, that's like ten times like much more of a scarier situation, in my opinion. Yeah. We have had a Resident Evil game at least partly take place as a submarine. Unfortunately, it's one of the worst games I've ever seen. <laughs> so, well, like, that would be... Okay, being in a submarine will actually be very, very not plausible, because as um, the show pointed out, one bullet is enough to freaking collapse the freaking um, submarine. Now, I'm saying like, there are different Fire sizes of submarines out there, though, but enough firepower would collapse you know, the sub. I, mean, so, I thought like, you built them, to be honest. I thought you were like League Architect, architect Government Contract. Yeah, so <laughs> like, it, I don't, like yeah, I know it's Resident it. Evil, though, but even Resident Evil still follows logic of stuff blowing up on the water. They have been Resident Evil 6, for crying out loud. You were in the submarine in 6, and look what happened. So, like, like yep. it's not feasible for the long term. Fair enough. Um, I, I will say, like, until like the, how it ended, I guess I did kind of like the scene. Obviously, when Leon sits down with Jason and Shen Mei, and he's like, "You better join us, buddy." Like I actually thought it was, I actually thought it was not a bad little scene. Personally, I quite enjoyed it. And then like just because, yeah, obviously the way it ended was like it still felt pretty. Something like I kind of knew where it was going, but the way they executed, obviously, with just, just killing Shen Mei off right there, I just like, oh, okay, oops. I quite enjoyed that personally. I truthfully I liked uh, Shen Mei's, like, backstory with her brother. I felt like that was really... I felt like that was done well. Hmm. Um, I guess throughout the episodes. Um, I feel like that's one of the only things that, like, sticks with me right now. <laughs> my, I would say my lead favorite is probably the third one, because I don't remember jack shit from the third one. Uh, that's the castle um, getting blown up. That, yeah, the manor or whatever. The manor house, yeah, and that, that were happening. Yeah, um, that, was, that was just plot, the episode. That yeah. Was I, 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 I was fine with it, though, but I think episode two did that better. Like, exposition yeah. and whatnot. But there was, not only there was action, though, but there was also the, um, the, the Leon getting to know the characters pretty well and whatnot. Yeah. But the problem with episode three was, um, it had all that, but little action. You just had Claire discover herself and disappearing off the plot again. And then, of course, you had the, the she may um situation with her brother, that exposition, and then, of course, they get nuked from the sky. Episode 3 was the flashback, wasn't it, as well? Uh, like I actually happened. think it had the flashback as well. Yeah. 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 I, mean, I did like the flashback, there, but that was like majority of the episode was centered on the flashback and just learning, like, oh, yeah, you know, the U.S. is kind of, you know, Fucked up. You're like, ah, oh, yeah, we kind of knew that from the beginning. But yeah, it's, I, I, the episode three is the most regrettable, uh, like, not the regrettable, the most forgettable one for me. I think yeah. you still have to come in and seriously bat for the first episode purely and, and give it the credit it deserves for actually drawing you into the plot. It does a very good job at, in its opening stages, if you ask me. I mean, you you really do see when Leon actually you know gets boots on the ground that the, the progression of time with this character you know he is there he is not messing around and he is going to kick ass yeah I mean we've seen it a million times already but it doesn't get any less enjoyable at least for me the amount of times I see it I can keep seeing it over and over again and action hero Leon is quite entertaining maybe that's personal bias talking 
I, I just like the first episode. I really did. Good. Yeah, episode one is really good. It's easy to tussle between one and two, to be quite honest. Okay? Those both of them set their tone just right. Yeah. Yeah. It and it was roughly right around when we got near the end of two, that's when it's, we started feeling like, does this feel a bit rushed? Because that's when like they got out of the sub, and that's when we started having our doubts. Like, what's the plot taking its turn? Like, there feels like there's more to go off of. And that's when it started. That's when the second half starts. You're like, ah, shit. Yeah, you could detect the change in pacing from that point on it, and it it was noticeable as well. I mean, it was very noticeable. Definitely. Definitely. Like the latter half of episode three onward, and you just saw it blatantly by that point. But yeah. Mm. Anyway, continue. Continue. Uh, I guess I could say episode two. Is that the one with the submarine? Yes. Yeah, yeah that's yes. my favorite because favorite scene and character interaction. <laughs> and I would say episode four is my least favorite because they had something there. They had something going in the grasp of their hand and they it really could have been like super entertaining but they just dropped the ball at the end and i don't i I don't know why it's just such a lackluster finish so i would have to say least favorite four most favorite two yeah yeah i think i probably agree they did manage of course to get in the uh the little teaser for a season two but we'll talk about that a little further on down the line i reckon um (laughs) Yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, right. I think that's is that everyone. Um, resounding silence uh, suggests that probably is the case. So I think so. All right then. So before we move on, I think Mr. Austin needs to make his move on. So yeah, I unfortunately have to get uh, ready, get some food in me, and then there's a few things I need to accomplish, like chores and such, and then get ready for bed for work early in the morning. So it was great being here. Unfortunately, couldn't finish, but uh, hope you guys enjoy the rest of the podcast, and I'll see you later. All right, no worries, man. You, you take get care. The fuck out. Brutal. <laughs> Brutal. Thank you, bye bye. Brutal. Brutal. Goodness me. All righty then. So, um, this next question, um, I must admit, when I first heard about this, I legitimately thought this was a renegade operative internet hoax. Like hundred percent. I thought this was um uh, a question five on on the document. I honestly thought when I first heard of this, I was like, "Has he been on the internet spreading rumors in the hope that somehow the dream happens?" I'm not. Because... I, I, I'm not Blue Box Studios. <laughs> <laughs> Blue balls over here. No, not. Um, but yeah. So, um, but yeah, I, I obviously did read this about as well. Yes. Yeah, so, how do peeps here feel about the idea that Billy Cohen of Resident Evil Zero Law? Uh, was apparently cut from Infinite Darkness. Uh, I did a bit of reading up on this. Um, apparently, in like middle of July, it was, it was an interview with uh, Hiroyuki Kobayashi, the uh, one of the executive producers, uh, who stated just for context for everyone uh, that yeah, apparently when they're working on the Panam Stand plot, uh, they thought about obviously including various characters, and one of those was going to be Billy from Resident Evil Zero, which to me seems kind of absurd. Like I know I've talked about this before, like. Sometimes I think some characters just a bit left in the dirt, and it's, well, not in the dirt, but just like one. Okay, <laughs> trust the words. Yeah, I, 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 I retracted there very quickly. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, and I, I couldn't believe this. Like I was stunned that they actually thought that it might do. It, it didn't make it, of course. It didn't make the uh, 
in the end for whatever reason i just didn't think he made any sense but um like i was stunned in multiple ways that this was a thing okay to be quite honest though like yeah i'm actually disappointed that billy did not make a return though but he should return for not the context that was given here because um i think renegade himself also pointed out like this would not make sense given the shit he been through being a soldier or why would you go back to being a soldier's life unless it's something else you know that we don't know that um he somehow got intertwined with in this on um, plot mm-hmm. i feel like no they're gonna be billy and though it need be for a different reason maybe he inadvertently become a super like become a um experiment too like um jason did but just like in pod somewhere or something oh you know people would have been mad at that um, I'm saying, like, if they're gonna bring Billy back, then I think they should at least bring in like Rebecca uh, as a co-star. Yeah, part. I mean, the thing yeah. is, especially because, because again, because what when was Resident Evil Zero come out? What two thousand and two thousand three? Two thousand three, around there. So it's been nearly mm-hmm. twenty years. Um, obviously, in the in regards to the, to the plot, of the story it was only what set in what two thousand eight. It was somewhere mm-hmm. around then. I think it was about so not that much distance. But when you haven't had someone in the series for like over 15 years and you come up with ideas and someone suggests, hey, why not bring in Billy Cohen? Like to me, that seems kind of random, but it's fascinating that someone would actually suggest that as a possible idea. It's kind of nice that perhaps there are people that haven't really featured much at all in this series that they aren't just completely forgotten by all of the devs sort of thing, which I think is, is nice to know. Give some hope, perhaps, of future endeavors that maybe other people that we wouldn't expect start turning up. Maybe, whether that's a good thing or not, I don't know. I mean, I do have to give a point here of what was mentioned earlier about it should fit and make sense. And I want to make a comparative argument here, right? Mm-hmm. Going to three remake and how people feel about three remake is another topic for another time. I don't think we've, we've been there. there. <laughs> we've been there. Yeah, we've been there. Yeah, I saw. I saw a bit of that one. But yeah, um, an ex- a, a counter-argument to Billy not being in that because it doesn't make sense, and I actually agree with that point, by the way, it's a very good point, also runs counter to Resident Evil 3 Remake, where I'm sure some of you heard Jill was originally meant to go to the RPD, but was swapped out with Carlos and Tyrell. Mm-hmm. Like... That wasn't. That's an example of a situation where it would it would have made much more sense for Jill to go there and see Brad and the entire situation to unfold and see Marvin, but there's an instance there where Capcom didn't do it where it wouldn't would have made sense. So it's not the it's, first time that they've dropped the ball. To be fair, <laughs> that's like, the thing. I, actually, I, I, I was cool. With, yeah, sorry. I was I, I was actually pretty cool with that decision. I thought it was nice that they changed it up, you know, and that you know it meant you could kind of interact with brad in a new way and you could like play around with him and have a bit more freedom obviously if you've got jill there there's only certain things you can really do and you expect like he's just gonna get nemesis gonna kill him but when you when you subvert that on the spot i actually thought i was i was totally cool with that well you have to give some oh, go ahead go ahead yeah go on Brad. well see like the issue with that is that um it took away a lot of the impact that um what was established in the original like nemesis I'm not talking about Nemesis killing Brad, but more like the, um... Consider how Remake changed um, Brad's character, probably for the better, to be quite honest, though, from the character to what he is. It would be much more emotional to see Jill, um, um, see Jill, see Brad, 
becoming the monster and attacking Marvin, and then all the shit show happened, right? Ideally, I think it would be cool to have both, you know, Jill and Carlos there, and they go off the separate ways trying to find Brad or whatever the case may be, though. But like, different subject, though. Yeah. But um, I, I get definitely um get um what um Crystal was saying here, like, like certain things just don't make sense, and that was one of them. Like that shouldn't have been changed. So, like, for bringing in another character for a situation, though, like, uh, I lost my train of thought, sorry. Someone's knocking on my door. I'm sure you guys heard it. My apologies. It's fine. Um, the one thing I was going to throw out there, if they're thinking Billy Cohen, like, surely the next logical idea of throwing into a random conflict somewhere is, I almost don't want to say it, got to be Jake, right? No, Jake is uh, well, <laughs> see, Jake is that dead. could actually, that could would work if this thing takes place good. after Degen. The problem is it's a timeline, a time frame of the show. Yeah. So that creates issues on who you could put in and who did not put in. Like, and Jake obviously would not be in because he's not even um legal. <laughs> I was gonna make that point. Yeah, he's only twenty years old in six, so he'd be way too young before that. Yeah. yeah but, uh, in, but in the inevitable like 12th season you know like 20 <laughs> years down the line oh uh, you're mean, trying to give it hope now i i don't want to see it like i, I jake to me is a one and done like i was fine with him he was he did what he had to do i don't need to see him again personally but i know there are people who throw out there oh maybe we can sneak jake in because he's like we don't know what's happened with him he's got so much freedom and well, choices yeah he's like, a mercenary oh, I mean, yeah. come on, he's a mercenary. Like Leon, people say the same. Well, Kobayashi said the same thing for Leon. Like he's an agent, so he has more free will to go places, right? I'm like, okay, cool. So when I use that same logic to say someone like Jake, he's a mercenary, so he goes uh, places, clean up work, and then yeah. move on. Uh, I'm sorry, Jake fans, all ten of you. I'm sorry. What's a milk carton? It <laughs> get the milk carton out. <laughs> Where is it? Um. Okay, so for Billy's sake, I, I feel like he's... I wouldn't say he's one and done because he can't fit perfectly in the timeline. Just the problem was the war. Uh, It's pretty clear that in Resident Evil Zero, he's done with all that shit at the end of it. And they kind of like threw him under the bus and said, fuck it, we're going to kill these people. And I'm pretty sure he has like reservations about things like that. In this plot, which is basically a big time war and people getting burned and people dying and whatnot, I don't think it fits if he was a soldier. Maybe some type of consultant, maybe that could have worked to see like what's going on and give his experience or something. But then again, even that might not work because he has a new name, new identity, I assume, after he was freed. So he's still like out there on the run. So will he consult to anything? I don't know. It's just very confusing. And I think Capcom has not been able to write him into anything. Supposedly, they are going to... Well, I don't know if this is going to spoil anything or not, so I'm not going to say it. Uh, however, that being said, it is some stuff coming up in the future that maybe you should look forward to. I just don't know how they're going to workshop him into any future plots going forward. But it would wow. be cool to see. I know we were just literally talking about a remake, right? Three, three remake. Yeah. You know, why not come bring Carlos in? Uh, that would have been cool. He he he's a soldier. He can fight, and yeah. and, and there's no like 
discrepancies about that either. So I don't see why they couldn't have bought in Carlos to do something. That would have made more they're, sense. They're, because they just changed some things around where you know, a zombie outbreak happened and that's place at the um at the, at the time where say Claire was there as well, right? And then there you go. You know, Carlos could have been there cleaning the house. Hmm. As long as, he, it is as, as long as he punches things, that's that's all I care about. I mean, I think there is a potential, like, I look at a lot of people, I think it's very easy for people to get attached to, like, these characters and these series. Um, you know, it's, it's a pretty natural thing to do. You know, you, you play various games, you see people you, you, know, you enjoy and you like, and then they kind of disappear. You know, like, what the hell is going on? You know, and you kind of want to have, like, some sort of resolution. The problem is, if you think how long Resident Evil has been going on for as a series, it's been going on for, for decades at this point. You know, like if you think of like main characters over the course of that, there have been dozens of them. You know, from from your stars team, you know, to your 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 UBCS to you know Luis, you've got Jessica, you've got Sheva, you've all these different people. Do every single one of them need like a conclusion? Well, the issue also is that Capcom has a lot of open threads that they get to close. Like for example, Revelations One, like you mentioned, Jessica. What happened after yeah. that? Because obviously, yeah, we know that um, Tricell and you know, and whatever Westwood's group is, right? But what organization is Jessica working for? Now a lot of that happened. You know, yeah, that's happened with Raymond. Him. You know, there's tons of stuff. Yeah, happened with Raymond. You know, and then of course you got Red Wishes too. You know, what's up with Natalia? Yeah. Like, right, well, the hell's that yeah. happening? And then Umbrella Corps. <laughs> Apparently, that game was Park of Cannon. So what's up with those guys? Is that Blue Umbrella? <laughs> you know, so yeah, like the problem is Resident Evil has a lot of open threads that you have to close. Instead of just closing it all, you just like leaving linger. So like that's kind of a problem. And yeah. you know, given what Infinite Darkness is, though, that could actually be a good point to close out those threads with another with each season if they continue the show. Yeah, and, and the thing mm. is, I think I think it makes people pretty annoyed because like they had made light and it's like they disappear face over. And I think people just get pretty annoyed at that. But this is just it's just how Resident Evil's always been. Isn't it? Uh, I mean, unfortunately, though, but no, that's not to make excuses for it, though. But yeah, it's always been like that. But that's something that honestly does need to change. Like, we need some form of closure. Like, thank God Ethan um, got some closure with um, Resident Evil 8. Spoilers, spoilers. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, like, so that's one thread close. So, what about everything else? Yeah, 40 more to go. Sorry, yes, it <laughs> I was just going to say, let me get it back. My brain's gone blank. Yeah. The the way Infinite Darkness ends, essentially, we're talking about characters being unresolved. Tricell is an entire organization that remains unresolved in a lot of its motives and where it's going. And Infinite Darkness, in a sense, only makes that worse because it's like, oh my god, Tricell is connected here, but what in the hell are they doing? There's an oh, yeah. issue there. Yeah, Tricell, his, Tricell is gone, for our concern, if I remember correctly, because I think Revelations 2 established that they're, they're gone. They Pretty pull, much, right? and it's like, you play RE5, and you're, you're, as far as you're portrayed, at the end of RE5, Wesker's dead, Excella's dead, Tricell is gone. Like, that, it's, yeah. just, it's just a non-entity now. But once again, they set up Tricell, yeah, but that, once again, they set up Tricell as something, you know, relative. They did it with DJN, because you see Tricell at the end of that movie. And here you are again. Mm-hmm. So, like, what's up with these guys? Because you already literally killed them off with um, Revelations 2, because that's been established. So mm-hmm. what what else are you going to do with them? You keep showing these guys, but nothing's coming out of it. I think part of the problem here is, of course, like, first you had Umbrella, 
and then you killed Umbrella because you had to kill Umbrella because it was the only logical outcome. But I think you felt like you still have to have this kind of shadowy organization operating in the background. And, and again, Resident Evil's had this forever and a day, you know, from Umbrella to the High Forces, Tricell, Alex Wesker, and that sort of stuff. Like, this is just, it's, it's just part and parcel of the Resident Evil series. You always have yeah. to have something as a, as a lead in and just like that little shadowy. Now what's going on? It gives you some creative license later on down the line, stuff like that. Yeah, but in fairness, though, for like the Umbrella stuff, like that actually had some form of closure at least, thanks to Umbrella Chronicles, because like mm. you no, know, we had you no know, the Umbrellas in, and they have Dark Tomorrow or Dark Legacy with Wesker. So at least we had some form of closure with that. Though we have nothing with Tricell, and they keep showing mm. these guys off, and it leads to nowhere. So like, there's a bone here. It's an on- yeah, it's an ongoing issue, and not only that. You, am I allowed to discuss spoilers for Resident Evil Eight since it's so new? Um, I mean, we already did like a spoiler cast. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, just, just, just a BSAA situation at the end. That's all I was going to mention. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, you've you've got this situation where, like you said, Tricell's dead and gone, but then they come back, and it's like Tricell's essentially a dead end. And now they're opening up with another corporation, one that Chris used to work for himself in the BSAA. And you're like, you've now got two shadowy organizations. What the hell is going on there? Hmm. Yeah, it's an ongoing issue. But yeah, that's all I wanted to mention. Yeah, fair enough. Hmm. All right. Um, yeah, I can't think of any of Billy, uh, except that, you know, I guess it's a shame he didn't make it, but I'm not going to crap myself to sleep in here, Billy. Sorry, Billy. It's the way it is. Goodness me. All right, then. So, um, yeah, so we've obviously had, obviously, this is the fourth CG after three Resident Evil films for Resident Evil Vendetta, Damnation, and Degeneration. So, you know, we've talked about the format a bit, obviously, bits we liked and didn't like. What about, like, in just direct comparison to the films? You obviously have to kind of, I think, take slightly away maybe the format, or maybe you factor that in. I don't know. But do you think this was ultimately a stronger performance than the films that were CG or worse or like okay now this right here is kind of like a nudge on my head because I like all of them except for Veneta for a different reason I like all of them for like different reasons like Degeneration I love the atmosphere it has for it like it feels like a journal like a horror game just done in movie form whereas Damnation feels like something that you see from Resident Evil Four Five you know done well in movie format. And Vendetta is a straight up bonkers action, which it does a good job at that. Infinite Darkness, you know, it's like an oddball of it does a good job of doing its storytelling, it just lacks in other areas. And, and because of its format, it suffers from that. Because at least with the movies, though, the movies know their movies, so they can, you know, just plan that out and do that, right? But the show, like, they have so much there that, you know, it kind of hurt it in a way. No one for is a show, so like it's kind of hard to rank them all in, for me personally. Yeah, I mean, like this is what one of the reasons I kind of floated the question early on is like, is Resident Evil a better series for Infinite Darkness existing? Because you could also ask the same of obviously for the films, and I think as far as CG is concerned, I would probably say CG's like I feel like it's better, but Infinite Darkness I'm not so sold, which is kind of strange because I did enjoy Infinite Darkness somewhat, so. Like, does that mean that relevance doesn't really matter? Like, I don't with, know. It's, well, it's something I haven't been able to resolve myself. 
Yeah, like with Dejan and um Damnation in particular, like Dejan gave us more Leon and Claire, right? And it gave us more screen time with the G virus because we've barely seen that since Resident Evil 2. And then with Damnation, you, know, you see the aftermath of Resident Evil 5, you know, the, the genies stuff, you know, got out of Africa somehow. So, like, you see the repercussions of that. So, mm-hmm. like, if anything, like, those two are important for different reasons with Infinite Darkness. So, like, you literally just don't need to watch it. And you'll be fine. Like it, nothing truly important has happened there, other than what happened with Leon and Claire, and maybe the war. So, though, but again, like how many wars we have in the series? You know. <laughs> I mean, it's largely self-contained, isn't it? It it really yeah. is just its own self-contained story. It's like the way the way I see it, it's um, it's better than Vendetta. But then again. The majority of things are better than Vendetta if we're looking comparatively at the others. Yeah. Uh, it it it's from a sheer entertainment and value perspective, it, it's better. But it's like was mentioned earlier, you you're not losing out if you don't see it. it it's really a, a one way or the, the other. It doesn't matter because it is self-contained. And really, I think Capcom could actually learn a lesson here in some ways in terms of storytelling in terms of maybe doing a couple of you know other things that are perhaps self-contained because like we said earlier they have a habit of having so many loose ends is a self-contained story necessarily a bad thing i'm gonna say in this instance no it's not just my two cents just my two cents i mean that's how a lot of this stuff like they You've got your main plotline, obviously, go through the games, and there's all sorts of little stories that are, that are in there, and while they have little links and references to kind of other things going on, I think they probably have to be self-contained, right? Because then like, the series has enough openings as it is. You don't want to be having even more. Surely not. Yeah. No. Now, that's a good the, question, actually. I'm not sure how I'm sense on that one. Hmm. It's, it's a tricky one. I think it comes down a bit of personal yeah. preference, I suppose. I think either way is fine. It's... You you have to tie into the law somehow because it's it's vast enough that it kind of everything has knock on effects to everything else it feels like now, but you can't overdo it and you can't make it too obvious. I suppose it has to feel distinct enough to be its own kind of entity that can be consumed on its own. Because if everything is just linked to one grand narrative, then how are new people ever going to get into the series? It doesn't work because you have to learn this and this and this and this and this and that outbreak and this explosion and that crazy bad guy who dresses in glasses wherever he goes. And if you don't know any of it, then you're you're doomed. So you have to have just entry points for for anyone that wants to watch this stuff. Otherwise, it becomes unwieldy. Yeah, I do get that perspective. I do get that. Makes sense. Um, What about you, Ren? Des? Like, uh, thoughts? Uh, Um... So hold on, reiterate what was going on because I kind of tuned out for a second. Well, where do you think? Do you think this is better or worse than the films? Is where we started. I don't think this is quite where we're at exactly at the moment, but uh, so are, are are we ranking uh, right now? Yeah, I mean, do you think Darkness Infinite Darkness is better than the films? Worse? Uh, okay, in my opinion, there are certain films in the cgi series i don't like too much or i like a lot i think this falls like somewhere between okay i'm gonna rank it like this i would say 
Degeneration is my least favorite. Then we go to oh, Infinite great. Darkness. Then we go to well, no, no, I would say Degeneration, Vendetta, Infinite Darkness, and then for the last one is Damnation because I think Damnation is just a superb movie all around. Uh, the reason why it's like that is because I don't like how Vendetta. Granted, it's an entertaining movie, it's batshit, but I think it goes a little bit too off the rails. Like, you have Leon throwing grenades in traffic, and I'm like, what the? Oh, this is just. Zombies turning to humans again? Turning to humans again. Yeah. It's just. It's entertaining, but I can't put it any higher because it's just way too ridiculous. And I think Rebecca got done super dirty in that uh, movie. More ways than one. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're right about that, except for the white wedding dress, but we're not going to talk about that. Uh, the generation I enjoyed as well but is my least favorite because i just think that somewhere around the pacing it's a lot more walking and talking and i really started to feel that when claire was talking to frederick downing and i was just like oh can you hurry this section up please it's been like 20 30 minutes of this uh that was yeah, that's what i enjoy about degenerate ah, english degeneration mm-hmm. uh because uh I enjoyed the exposition side of things on on top of that, though. I just enjoyed the atmosphere the movie had. You know, it just felt like a Resident Evil game, the classic ones, on the screen. I don't know why. That's, 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 that's the thing that that movie in particular does well than the other ones. Just mm-hmm. The atmosphere is just so much better. Yeah, I don't know why. I just, yeah. I just think that it needs to have a perfect balance of exposition and action. And I think Damnation did that the best because... You get the best of both worlds, along with a lot of establishment as to what's going on in this foreign country. It wasn't obviously the best story, but in terms of pacing, it was pretty good. I do like it as like a pseudo sequel to like Resident Evil Five, because I'm pretty sure it takes place after, right? So like uh, after two thousand eleven stuff, yeah, yeah, yeah. So like the Medjini stuff and whatnot that um came out after, like I felt like this is like actually a good like continuation, like what happened after that, you know, all that jazz. So. I do like Damnation, though. I just felt... Like I don't think it is, like, the pedestal of the CGI movies, though. It does things well, but I feel like some movies just do things better as well. Like they have different takes. Like, yeah, yeah. Vendetta is you're just crazy, non-stop, hour and a half, just absolute carnage. It's like Resident Evil 6 for more entertaining. Yeah. It's gluttonous. It's absolute, it's absolute gluttony in a CG film for 90 minutes. It's just excessive. And some people like that. It's just a, just a, you know, something to sit down with a, with a couple of friends with some popcorn and maybe some pizza and just thinking, <laughs> look at that crazy shit going on. Um, and just being in awe of what you're witnessing. Um, I think it I think gets Damnation, well, good. I was going to say, Damnation, I think for me, but I actually enjoy, I, I got a lot out of Damnation, a lot more than I think it probably deserved. Um, that's being a bit harsh. I think, I think it's a much better film than it it probably had any right to be. Like there was there was a, a surprise amount of charm. There was some crazy stuff um, in that as well. To be fair, but like I got a lot out of like some of the interpersonal sort of relationships. They weren't the most divulged into sometimes, but I quite enjoyed those. I think yeah. Now I've spoken about degeneration. Um, I think admittedly there were times I think the plot could be a bit plodding for some people. 
but to me it did have a bit of a charm every now and again and it's like every time i think of like you know that another segment of you know claire talking with the president whoever the hell he was and it's just like yeah you could move this along and then think about you know walking outside with the umbrella and just thinking yep yeah, this is irony i can just never get that scene out of my head it just it just wins me up every time i'm a simple mind apparently um the way it goes so um i think they all kind of appeal to different audiences so it's a case of like your mileage is going to vary probably pretty significantly um but like i i think anyone who puts some infinite dies i think at the bottom of the list it's just not your thing um i don't think objectively it probably should be down there you know it, it's a bit it's... wacky the painting's a bit out there every now and again but i it doesn't feel like it's that bad at all yeah, no, it doesn't belong there. It doesn't overstay its welcome either. I feel like on a good day, you could swap Infinite Darkness or Vendetta depending on how you feel. It's like somewhere in between the middle, but it's not the worst CGI movie or CGI show or anything like that I've seen. No, no, definitely not. I would agree there, definitely. Um, yeah, yes, sorry, I do apologize. Yes, go on. Um, well, I was just gonna rank uh, Degeneration, or rank Infinite Darkness after Vendetta, which, or before Vendetta, sorry. Vendetta would yeah. be at the bottom, and then Infinite Darkness. Oof. Um, and then days. Degeneration and Damnation can, like, so that's one of those, those are two that I feel like you could probably, depending on how you're feeling, can switch. Yeah, understandable. No wonder the Resident Evil community hates itself sometimes, and no one can agree on anything. <laughs> no! <laughs> like, I, I, I totally get that sense of it. It's just, I feel as though the exposition just didn't land with me for the generation. I don't know why, it just did not stick. It was slow compared to, like, say, Infinite Darkness. So it like, is definitely uh, a slow movie. But I feel like it was, I mean, like, the first time it doing it. Firsts, yeah. Yeah, so that was, was their first, first one. one. Yeah. But I was like, one. that was, you know, I watched it after, oh god, when did it come out? I don't know. I two thousand eight. Yeah. Okay, so seeing that after seeing the live action Resident Evil movies, I feel like Degeneration sits like so well with me because of the, of the live action movies. So like, I feel like it has that place in my heart because it was like that first one, and I was like, I really like this. Like, this was done really well. Why couldn't the live action movies have been? done pretty well like this um but again like then damnation came out and i was again i feel like those two could be could be swapped yeah i mean i think feeling. like i think the generation came i think maybe like the year after extinction and like whereas because i think the first thing was solid and the second one was like if it's your kind of thing you enjoy extinction was the point where it's like uh, wow Truthfully, mm, and I know Extinction so is bad. Um, Extinction was my favorite one out of that entire franchise. <laughs> no, I, I know a, it's uh, bad though. Mm, I know that it's trash. I know that it's trash. Guilty pleasure. <laughs> I have a guilty pleasure for Afterlife only because it rips off Resident Evil Five. That's the only reason why. <laughs> That's fair enough. It's even your bread's butter. That's fair enough. I mean, it is absurd. Like it's it's hilariously absurd. But I mean, like, eh, what the hell, right? Yeah. I do actually want to come out and bat for Degeneration here and say it's at the top of my list. Because I've always personally preferred that slower exposition focus on things. It really gelled well with me and I thought it was good. If I was to give you a solid ranking, I'm going to say Degeneration up top, 
then Damnation and Infinite Darkness are tied with Vendetta at the bottom because just I'm a, I'm a I'm a writer, hobbyist writer by well alongside my channel, so I, I write a lot and you gotta love a bit of exposition. That's that's a personal bias and when that came in in the generation as well, I I thought that was good. I didn't think it was too slow, but again, it's all personal taste, isn't it? It's like you were saying. This is why at times the Resident Evil fandom hates itself and can't agree on things because it's very diverse and broad. It really is. So, yeah, yeah, I went back and watched the movies though, and, and I just vibe with the generation the most. I, I sat there and watched the whole thing, hard none. With Damnation, I did so too though, but I had to like, skip a few scenes because I was like, eh, whatever. <laughs> with freaking Vendetta, I just went to YouTube and watched all the good parts. Uh, that's all. That's what was worth it there for me. <laughs> that's just 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 pick and choose. You know, anything that's ruins the series, let's watch it. What was it this? Said Vendetta had good parts. Yeah, oh, it, it does though. It like did. Did. I, I love the action though. Like Leon and um and Chris, especially Chris, uh, find um Glenn, uh, the secret sea song. That was pretty lit though. It's really well animated, and I do like yeah. the um. The weird crap in that little cafe thing where Rebecca, Chris, and um, Leon uh, are talking to each other. Leon I did enjoy drunk. that. That was really yeah. wild. Yeah, it's like, well, me and Ren banter each other. That's, that, that's what it reminded me of. Oh, uh, yeah, fuck you, sir. Uh, I mean, <laughs> Rebecca was wearing a white dress, and that was, was kind of hot. And that's about it. I Outside of. I didn't think it suited her very well. Honestly, I oh, actually. Me either. Me either. I actually agree with you. It's weird seeing her outside of the green, like, fatigues. But other than that, I mean, that was clearly, like, that was just clearly fan service. So. That's what that was. Can you blame him? Did, um... I, I don't. I, I, I just. <laughs> if it was maybe something else, like. No, I'm not going to no, say what. No, 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 no. no, 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 no I'm not going to say said. it. <laughs> uh, PG-13 podcast, about, people. I'm sorry. Yeah, sorry about that. Anybody else enjoy this scene in Vendetta where essentially Leon is John Wicking it down that corridor? Essentially just been John Wick blowing away dozens of zombies going down that long corridor. Yeah, that shit was... I love that scene. Yeah, that we mentioned that. Badass. That was great. I, I like that too. Chris suplexing a zombie. Mm -hmm. Like, bro, relax. Yeah. <laughs> Even so I can say, come home. <laughs> Resident Evil Vendetta was one of the most gluttonous movies I've ever seen in so many ways, and it kind of lived on that. So I was like, yeah, fair enough, <laughs> fair enough. All right then. So, um, I reckon, yeah, to finish off here. So, the at the end of the season, we obviously had the lead in with Tricell, um, and that we've talked about, and obviously lead in for a season two. Outside of plot, um. What would you change to Infinite Darkness um, in how it works, how it's presented? What would you change, if anything? Oh, honestly, I would actually change the ending. Instead of having um, Jason transform, I would have him release the um, the test tube babies. And I had them, like, maybe become pseudo-zombies and start, you know, attacking Leon and the gang. And that's I will um that way you would set up Jason as a more long term character instead of just killing him off like that. And then maybe change up yeah. um if you're gonna kill off um Shinmei, uh, at least change her death where she gets um ravaged by you know, the zombie stuff. Instead of just you no know, have her neck broken by um her partner. Hmm. Uh, as a side note, as a joke, uh Des it's time to take back what you said in chat. 
Uh-uh. Yeah, it does. She she finally she finally saw Rebecca in that dress and she's like, Listen, 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 listen. Okay. But she woke up and I saw her in the dress. I said, Why? But then okay. But then when she was kind of just like I guess he slapped her. He slapped her, right? And she just fell and was sitting there like, do what? I was like, okay, okay. It looks different. It looks different. It doesn't look as, as, uh-huh. as bad. But it's still like, it's. I uh-huh. still don't think that it 100% suits her. <laughs> We've convinced uh-huh. the devil. We finally did it. Yep. But I mean, women are pretty, so... Well, you're still the <laughs> devil, so that, that works. Yes. I mean, you, you convinced me on that picture alone if it's anything to go by. There we go. We got another You're welcome. Yeah. Victory is mine. I think it's the legs okay. for me. Uh, <laughs> uh, next it's time. Legs. It is the legs. Yeah, Coming up next time. And the heels. Pod- and the heels. Like the heels are just like <sighs> chef's kiss. Oh, yes. That's true. Yeah. I'd say come up next time on the Inferno podcast. Say the Chris. Kiss, date, or. What the. Okay. Boulder. What is going on Boulder, now? Man. <laughs> Boulder. That's the option. Place. Right. Season two Infinite Darkness. How did we get from... Uh, oh, yeah, that's how we did it. Okay, then. Well, so, first question I, I want to ask everyone is, should it still be episodic? Like, yes. Is that... Yes, but think? longer. Yes, yes. It, it, it is, it'll be fine as episodic. Just either it gives more episodes or make it longer episodes. That works for I me as well. Same. Yeah. Like, it started off that way, so they should definitely finish it that way. Um, But give us more time to get through the plot, whatever they do decide to go with. Because they kind of ended this like it wasn't going to be a season two, though. But I don't know. Well, they, they gave themselves some license, which makes sense. I have a theory, and I this I suspect this might really annoy people because she has been gone for over a decade. Is this the quiet way to write Jill back into the plot in a semi-convenient way with the tricell stuff, maybe? With all the BSAA, maybe is a, a quiet lead-in to how Lost in Nightmares happened? Maybe? Uh, well, I mean, considering considering last time Jill was you no know, relevant in like the mainline series, she was in a spinoff game, so maybe, maybe. Because again, I'm going off my theory that I reckon she's going to be in Resident Evil Nine, and if I'm like developers, I don't know how interlinked it is, so this might be complete like fan theory out the window, off the wall, whatever the hell you want. But this is Resident Evil, so you can do whatever the hell you wish, anyways. If I had full control of everything, I would say, right, if I'm going to have Jill Valentine in Resident Evil 9, she's been gone for so damn long. We need to we need to remind people that she exists. We need to, you know, let her know that she was a thing and that she is a thing. You had Resident Evil Remake, of course, but uh, given that you're leading the Tricell and how everything happens with that in the BSAA, surely it makes sense to, like, you know, use it as a quiet way to kind of quietly reintroduce her kind of into the thought process of resident evil and then she makes the grand return out of nowhere in resident evil 9 and it kind of resonates more am i thinking too much about this i mean it comes across as a long shot but if we reflect upon the series as a whole we have had longer shots come to pass haven't we so it's not beyond the realm of possibility it's decent for a long shot you know assumption or a hypothetical works for me okay as far as i'm concerned Anyone else? Uh, am I crazy? Or I'm sorry, we said I kind of zoned out for a second. So I have a theory that if I had full control of everything, again, I'm going for the theory that Resident Evil 9, I think Jill Valentine does make the return to Resident Evil 9. 
So would it not make sense because she's been gone from the series for so long? Do you like use the whole tricell thing with the BSAA as a way to kind of quietly reintroduce her, kind of in the backs of people's mind that she was a character in the series? So it makes it more sense and people can relate more when she suddenly returns after a twelve-year like sabbatical from the series. Or am I thinking too much about this? Hmm. I uh, I think I, maybe they can lead too, into... Is it too cute an idea? Maybe. I, I feel like... I feel like we would have to have some sort of... Backst... Hold on, when does this take place again? Between four and five, uh, right? Uh, five, I must have ended... Before uh, five, it takes... right. Yeah, it takes place after um the gen, which is so it should be around um Revelations one, right? Yes, it's mm. two thousand six. So it wouldn't be. I think a uh, loss of nightmares is also the same year. It was two yes. years. It was two years before the events of Resident Evil Eight. So I think it is oh six. Ah, okay. Yeah, it is oh six. Yep. Well, I was playing five Wait. the other day. It is. It is oh six. Yeah. Wait, no, wait. I thought Fire take place in 2009. It does. No, Lost in Nightmares. Oh, it looks like Lost in Nightmares. Is that two or three years beforehand? Yeah, because like, if it's 2006, then, uh, no. Because we talked be about years. this when we, when, we, when we first learned about more details about Infinite Darkness, and I did note that it comes up at the same sort of time as Lost in Nightmares. I did spot this point out it was the same year. So, like, it feels like it's, it's almost asking to happen. Like, I don't know if it's too cute an idea, but, like, it's there, isn't it? It would have to be... Okay, I have two logical plot points for this. If they decide to go forward with Jill or Chris or something like that, it would have to be either before Lost in Nightmares and figuring out what were they doing before they actually got the information to stop, like, Wesker, or... It could be after, before, like, RE9 or something, it may be as a prologue that leads into that story where it's like, Jill finds out what's being corrupted in the BSA, maybe said it, like, a year before or something like that, before the events, and then they discover that out, and then we get more information that way. That's the only way I think they could squeeze her in a timeline, because everywhere else is either weird or you have to remember that she kind of jumped off a cliff with Wesker and she was out for like three years and then rehab because that also happened and that was a thing. Yeah, possibly. A very tight, it would be a very tight fit, wouldn't it? Because you would probably mm -hmm. have to have the, the, the events of this hypothetical scenario involving Jill probably lead in, as, as was been alluded to a moment ago, lead in at least in some way to Lost in Nightmares because it is that tighter gap. They're pretty much happening at the same time. So there's no, not much... There's no... Sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I apologize. Actually, I'm going to throw a ball. Instead of leading up to, like, Lost in Nightmares or 5 in general, why don't I make it after the fact? Like, what happened after, you no know, Jill was free from uh, Western Asia? Like, you no, know, we don't know the aftermath. Let's actually see the aftermath. See, that's what I was thinking, too. Because we don't know anything about her after the fact. Yeah, she goes down. No, well, that's one of the big problems of what a lot of people complain yeah. about, that they want that, but it's never come. But the, yeah, thing, so is, but, but the thing is, 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 would season two take place right after season one? Because that took place in 2006, and Res or 
Yeah, Resident Evil Five took place in two thousand nine, so that'd be a big like. I mean, I don't know. Like, no one's. No one's. Well, I mean, like, they have a lot of freedom. Like the Eternal Beta for Resident Evil, they have a lot of freedom to go anywhere in the timeline, so long it doesn't contradict, conflicts with the main thing when they use certain characters. Like case in point, Jill and Chris, they couldn't use them in Infinite Darkness season one because they are busy with um. Uh, Revelations 1 and um, Lost of Nightmares soon after, so they couldn't use them unless there's a lot of downtime between point A to point B involving those two um, games and over DLC. So, like, with that in mind, though, like, um, if they're going to use Jill and or Chris, I mean, yeah, um, together, uh, they had to do it either for Chris's case, either during um, 2007, 2008, or after. Um, Resident Evil 5. And of course, with Joe's case, though, it has to be after Resident Evil 5. Because they couldn't do it, in, obviously, in Infinite Season 1. Hmm. I mean, it makes me want to, because, like, I'm, I'm trying to think, because I know, because the Spencer Estate happened at the back end of 06. It was, like, in the autumn slash winter. So, like, it depends. You could set Infinite Darkness maybe a couple of years afterwards. You could have it as a more immediate lead on. You could space it out for a couple of years and, you know, have some. Mm-hmm. A bit of flexibility, you know, you're not constrained to do everything within like a period of a week. You know, you yeah. can now it's more established, you can kind of spread things out a little bit more. And it just gives so much more scope to delve into the lore, which we've said is so expansive for Resident Evil. Heck, um, actually, this would be good to see, like, say, Pierce and Shovel um, team up because, you know, they were looking for Chris uh, during um, when he was gone. So that could be like, say, I don't know, season three or season four or some shit. Yeah, so. definitely. That that's my wild that's my wild theory, which I think is not outrageous, and I can see scope for it. I'd be shocked if it ever came true, but I mean, I don't know. I I just it just feels like it'd be a really cute thing to do, but I suspect they're probably not going to. Like, only you probably just have to have the focus on Leon because it's Leon. Um, I I don't know. I feel like a season two probably wouldn't have Claire in it. I don't know why, but I mean, I'm sure Nicole Tompkins would be more than up for doing some voicing. Like, surely, right? I mean, yeah. she absolutely loves the role. She's made yeah. that abundantly clear in many of her own, you know, podcasts and things that she's gone on. She she does love the role. I'm I'm sure she'd be up for it. Yeah, exactly. So that's my uh, that's my my theory for the day. And if it comes right in about a year time, you all owe me a hundred dollars. I ain't giving you shit. Hey. Yeah. hey. No, I ain't signing your paychecks, man. It's all renegade. Yeah, exactly. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Well, you don't ask, you don't get kids. Fair enough, then. Anything else we want, you'd want to see? Like, um, any other particular returns or anything else? I just want a better balance of character um, establishment. Because, uh, again, like, that problem with um, Claire and um, and Leon, like, Claire was not getting enough screen time, or at least how the plot was given to us, though. Like, they, they just um, need to do that a little better, you know, better the ratio. Even if this is, like, freaking, you know, 60-40. No, that'd be that's better than freaking seventy thirty. Hmm. I don't even think it's seventy thirty. To be honest, I I had a second watch of it before I came on, dude. It feels like eighty twenty. Yeah. I think if yeah. you tally up her screen time, it's no more than what tops ten to fifteen minutes. The whole thing. Yeah, it's barely an episode. <laughs> yeah, barely an episode. You're right. So yeah, like they gotta do a better ratio of that. No. Uh, maybe I don't know, cause to me it's weird how they can do this. But I'm assuming that maybe they could either have two characters 
separated for a little bit to see their escapades before they finally meet up in like episode two. I, I felt like that was perfect for the first episode when like Leon was doing his thing, Claire was doing like hers, and mm -hmm. and you kind of got that perfect balance until they finally met. Then everything started getting haywire from there. So I think the only way to do this properly is have one half of the episode focus on one character, find out what they're doing. Second half, you can focus on the other one, and then they meet up and they consistently are together for the most part until they need to separate a little bit for dramatic effect. Maybe that's the best way to do it. So basically like Revelations 2 in a way, where you have two sides of the coin. We have Claire's side, which is take place during the past, and Barry's side took place during the present when he arrives. I'm actually not against that. I think that's a fantastic idea. Yeah, solid by me. I like that. Behind that. Yeah. And who doesn't like a detective story in the day? Like they tend to do pretty well. Yeah, that's yeah, that. I mean, that was pretty fun on Claire's side. So I wish they could do a little bit more of that. So everyone, obviously, everyone just make it important. Everyone loves it. I mean, it's just a bit of a wide berth. It's like it may not be the most popular, but like um, you know, with Game of Thrones, for example, one of the reasons it started off so well is because the first season was just a detective story for almost all of it, and everyone loves them. They're great. So I think it's a definite. Uh, I think that's definitely a way it could go down. Sounds good to me. Yeah, Shadow, right. Shadow, read what I said. Where's Ark? Smiley face. Yeah, Ark Thompson, the supposed amnesiac detective that is missing in action. He's dead to me. He's dead to you. He's dead to everyone. <laughs> That's all I there is. I could do you one. Oh, wait. As a. Oh. Go ahead. I apologize. Let's side a ball here. Do you think they should use outbreak characters in the um, season? I like that. Yes. That'd be yes, cool. please. I mean, I maybe. I mean, they can tie it in, maybe. I could see, but maybe, like, uh, you know, get some more news stories from, like, Alyssa or something, you know, or something like that. I'd be cool with that. I would be, I would, I would pop so huge. You just see, like, you know, some kind of, like, you know, one on the phone, you just see Kevin just firing down on his motorcycle, like, just pass just for a shot, like, blinking you'll miss it sort of thing. I would pop huge for that. The, the, the thing they could do with that is that, there's also like a lot of outbreak characters, so you could take them for like an episode, like say Kevin or Jim or any of the other characters, Cindy, and you can make those like character driven episodes until the full season ends. And that'd be a good way to pad out content. I mean, you don't have to have them as featured for the series just for like, you know, just as a like a like a, a co-protagonist for an episode it's just something has happened in life and they've just been dragged into it and just like ah here we go again yeah i mean it i'm surprised the original doesn't do that more often because there's in theory so many people they could do but it's a big world i guess yep exactly i, I do wonder like i do wonder why i mean granted outbreak despite having a very very strong cult following didn't sell all that well did it i mean that it's it's the upsetting truth and i say that as a as a big outbreak fan it didn't sell as well as they would have wanted but sh there is a great deal of potential there in a diverse cast of characters i'm not going to segue too much here but it makes me wonder why didn't they ever consider doing anything cg related involving outbreak but you know again segue just just a thought to see them back in a more up-to-date modern context or perhaps in a you know a continuation of infinite darkness would work for me I'm, I'm i'm beyond fine with that beyond fine with that yeah yeah 
as it goes down the old, as we mentioned earlier, like for some people, everyone has to have a conclusion, right? No more yeah. loose ends, I guess. I mean, we'd be if 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 we were waiting for Capcom to, and this was alluded to earlier, if we were waiting for Capcom to tie up every loose end that they have left, we'd all be pushing eighty. If they carried it on at the current pace, it, it, when they do it, they do it well, but they're very slow at doing it, aren't they? That's a, a small criticism on my part, and I'm I'm sure I'm not the only one who feels that way. They're very slow at tying things up. So, yeah. As one last side question before we do end. Will the Resident Evil uh, live action series be better? Because we haven't heard anything about it for ages. Just one for okay. Uh, okay. Which one? Are you talking about the um the movie one? Or are you talking about the, the, the one, one the where coming the upcoming uh, Black uh, Wesker? Uh, yes, all this stuff. Uh, okay. Uh, admittedly, I don't have a lot of hope for that series because um if the leaks or anything go by, it's only if um it's the right one. Uh, yeah, I don't have a lot of hopes for it. But I need more information on the other series because while I'm a little iffy on some of the casting choices, though, I do hope it's good because at least they're trying to be a bit more faithful to the source material, unlike you no know, Anderson was. For example, uh, yes, the movie, uh, and then of course you got the other show. But yeah, the show I don't have a lot of hopes for, but the movie maybe, maybe just hope. I feel like you know, for Welcome to Raccoon City, uh. People are kind of jumping on that one, and I just don't feel the same. Like, I'm like, all right, they got all these actors. Let's see what they can do. And in an acting space, what is important is can they really embody what the soul of RE is? Uh, so for me, it's like, I, I need to see how that trailer is going to go. With this whole COVID stuff, I don't think that this movie is going to be released in November since we haven't heard a damn thing. Uh, it meant to be out this year, wasn't it? Yeah. It's yeah, just... It, was. it also came out on uh, September, I believe, the original date, right? I think September or October, and then it got like pushed up all the way to November, and I have a feeling it's going to get delayed, but I'm hoping that before we hit that date, we see like how it looks, because they've been leaking all the screen sets or whatnot to try to get people hyped and there were people <laughs> saying oh well you know i'm not interested in this movie fuck this movie then when the screens came out it was like a whole different story because like oh shit now they're hearkening back to the game so i don't know yeah because uh yeah because we actually see um what they're trying to do though like in contrast to so like the um the other show i was we were talking about like, I saw the lead script, and I'm like, I'm mostly feeling it versus what we got the um the movie here, Welcome to Raccoon City. But mm-hmm. we see enough information to know that at least they're trying to be you know, faithful. So we got that going for it. So that's why I'm more interested in this over the other. I don't feel this, this based on what's there. I'm with you there. I don't feel this new show at all. I think is going to be a colossal dumpster fire. <laughs> I I when I as soon as I heard like Neo Raccoon City, I'm like, what is that? Like, what? Is, why would you go back? The city's been nuked. I don't get it. It's so stupid. Some leopards don't change their spots, Ren. Oh, they just can't they just can't change their spots? I just feel I mean, like it's it, gonna be uh, Wesker the Scooby Doo edition with a child, and I'm not gonna like it. It's like. <laughs> How long does it take to rebuild an entire city from the ground up as well? Because again, uh, any outbreak time. fans here, any outbreak fans here will know that after the events of well, the the, the city's a crater 
fenced off by about a, you know a 15 mile radius you'd have to rebuild an entire city from the ground up and let's be honest raccoon city had a population of a hundred thousand that's but, no small feat but not only that though isn't um did they use a nuke on the city because it's sold it. that city is um, there's nobody it can do it varies between one nuke and like three icbms like it changes from game to game but okay so, like, suffice to say, say it doesn't exist anymore well, let's say if it wasn't nuke, then living in that city would be virtually impossible because that radiation would not disappear overnight. I tell you that much. Yeah, radiation Nothing takes human, potentially. It's taking like a hundred years, two hundred years to get rid of that degree of radiation. It would be impossible. It's a long time. Yeah. As as I said, the end of Outbreak File Two. At least nothing human. So I don't know. I'm curious to see what's going to come out. I think we some of us might see the plot and just like cry. Very possibly, but I'm okay with that. If it's gonna be just like a couple of hours of just complete nonsense, eh, I've seen worse things. I want to make a slight correction though, it's not really like the biggest deal in the world, but uh when explaining the nuke, they said that it's a thermobaric nuke. That yes. means that there's no pollution that comes from a nuclear weapon like that. However, that being said, they still have like Raccoon City cordon off because they are unaware of what types of samples or BOW remains lay present there. So they don't want to risk the idea of someone getting affected in that area. That's why they didn't remake the city again. And it doesn't make sense that somehow after all this, they're like, well, screw it. We're going to do it again and possibly get contaminated because why not? This is what I hate I mean, about this show. It's so it just sounds so dumb. It is I'm crazy. A, I'm of the but, mindset as well that given the the degree of some of the monstrosities we've seen throughout the series as a whole, collectively over the like the whole thing, I'm not going to rule out that something something quite ungodly would probably be able to weather a nuclear blast. So you know, I know that's, um, that might come across as a long shot, but we've had some pretty nasty things throughout the series, haven't we? So I'm not going to rule that out. I'm not ruling it out. Yeah. But again, yeah. that's probably more of a fan fiction angle of things to look at it. I, I'm aware of that. I'm aware of that. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I think this has been pretty intensive. A lot more intense than I was expecting it to be, actually. I think we spent longer on this podcast than I think Infant Darkness actually ran. <laughs> You, oh man you, we, we we actually have yeah we actually have that it actually ran so good job everyone oh, you think there's a lot to delve into it's deceptive how much there is and you think about it in the grand scheme there's a lot to go into so yeah okay i think the sh i think the show is like just shy of like two hours maybe a little bit less but it's somewhere around there and this podcast has been like two hours two and, and 20 minutes two, two, two and a bit oh so, yeah uh, yeah, 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 that's all right. Yeah. Yep, so... Value for, I, value for money, kids. Value for money. <laughs> I can actually give you a turtle on that one, a rough turtle at least, because like I said, I was giving it a second watch before I came on. I think the entire thing, including intros and credits, runs for about, I don't know, uh, oh, an hour and 50 minutes, so we have gone longer. Yep. We, mm -hmm. we have gone longer. And yeah, enjoyed it, to be fair. I think mean, it's been good. So um, I think it is time for yeah. some outros, I reckon. Yep. So uh, we'll go down the list. Uh, we'll start with Mr. Operative. 
All right, you can find me on Twitter at rent operative <laughs> underscore. Shut up. You can find me on Twitter at rent operative underscore. You can find me on YouTube at renegade operative. Uh, I really don't have to plug anything else because I won't be streaming for quite some time, but I will be trying to get up a review of Silent Hill 1 and another one involving. I don't even know. I don't remember. God damn it. Fuck you, people. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm going to try to review something else. I, I, I just don't know what it's going to be. Uh, it's not on top of my head, so I'm sorry. I can't remember, but I will get it to you. Oh, yeah, The Suicide Squad. It just came out. I like that movie. I'm going to review it. That's it. Bird. Yeah, bird. Pan. All that. All that. All right. Uh, Silver. Yeah, um, you can find me on Twitter at SilverGaming01, and you can find me on YouTube at Silver Gaming Network. We stream a lot of Resident Evil and survival horror alongside PS1 games and a lot of retro stuff. And we've just, as of today actually, submitted a single, sp single segment speedrun for the original Resident Evil 2, so if any of that's your jam. Uh, yeah, come check it out, and thanks to everybody on the show for having me. I appreciate being given the opportunity. Yeah, nice, man. Thank you. Oh, no problem. Uh, it's, 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 it's always good to have people that are really good RE fans that know what they're talking about come by the show and give their opinion on things, so I like that. Makes a break yeah, from the yeah. internet, right? Makes a nice break. <laughs> Makes a break from, <laughs> from the Twitter wars. From RE Twitter. Indeed. Ooh, that's uh, a dumpster fire. Sobrando. Ah, well, <clears throat> you can find me on Twitter at ImmortalBrindle, and you can find me on Twitch at StarBrindle, but I stream very rarely nowadays because I have other reasons for that. So yeah, everything else is now your goddamn business. Don't even bother. Uh, and Des? Um, you can find me on Twitter at Desiree underscore Veronica, and you can find me on Twitch at VersaVulture24. Uh, those live streams, she will be thirsting over Rebecca in the white dress. So go there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Also, also my next drawing. <laughs> also, summon Nicopolis to come in her stream and have her go crazy. That'd be the greatest Dude, thing ever. Should we do like a secret great. cameo for Des? Just like bull pitching. <laughs> <laughs> we'll find a, a way. <laughs> find, find a way. Uh, and as always, I've yet to find myself on YouTube, Black Shadow 993. Also on Twitch at Black underscore Shadow underscore 993, because someone beat me to it. I hate them. Um, where I'll be. Is that a rock to the middle? One day I will hunt them down and murder them. And it will be a good day, because then I can get their channel cancelled with like, yes, time to cash in. Um, in more serious notes, uh, that won't get me arrested by the police. Uh, I will be due to starting. Uh, well, I've been streaming plenty on Twitch anyway to Back for Blood, uh, but in the next couple of weeks, starting a cooperative run for Resident Evil 5. Base handgun only. Possibly the worst decision I've ever made in my life. I'm professional! No upgrades. Gonna suck. Um, so, yeah, thank you all for your company. Uh, it's been enjoyable. Nice to host. Um, Eris, for everybody listening, uh, stay safe, get jammed, uh, take care of yourselves, and we will see you soon. Take care, everyone. Renegade is a bum. You're a bum. Shut up. <laughs> See ya.